This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's that's freetalklive.com. Uh, so, yeah, you bring up anything. We're going to start things out here with the big news of uh, the day, or at least some of the big news of the day, where the FBI is claiming to have foiled a terror strike. Did you guys hear about this one? I did. I, I, I felt a little safer. Did you really? Yeah, the guys that, uh, you know, at the FBI that can't, that well, they, they can't even implement their own computer uh, system there. They're having trouble with email, if, if that's what you mean. Like yeah. Figuring uh, all that stuff out. They can't figure out how to implement email for the FBI like every other business in the world can, but they managed to stop some terrorists. The story is from NBCNewYork.com, where four New York men were arrested in connection with an alleged plot to blow up area Jewish centers and military targets. The plot, however, was foiled by undercover agents. Raids by the FBI-NYPD Joint Terrorist Task Force in the Bronx captured the suspected ringleader and three followers and what law enforcement sources are calling a homegrown terrorist plot. The agents and police uh, watched Wednesday night as suspects allegedly planted what they thought were bombs outside two Jewish community centers in Riverdale, a Bronx, New York neighborhood. In one case, the suspected terrorist planted a bomb inside a parked car. However, officials said the suspects were actually using fake explosives given to them in an earlier sting operation to make sure they didn't get their hands on real bombs. Bombs have been made by the FBI technicians were totally inert and no one was ever at risk. Now, um, I, not, not that I find this comforting, that there are people willing to place bombs, fake or not, around, uh, uh, you know, different ethnicity group, ethnic groups, uh, you know, worship centers. I find that abhorrent. But the question that I have to ask myself is, how, so they got these fake bombs from the FBI. Now, how did they go? What, what was that exchange like? I was don't that know. Like, it, was it like, um, excuse me, you know where I can get some bombs so I can blow up some temples? Yeah. <laughs> or was it like, hey, we've got some bombs. Why don't you guys go blow up some temples? That's what the suggestion was the last time they foiled one of these plots. Remember the one down in Miami, basically, yeah. where they were just these easily manipulable guys that had managed to get in with some sort of undercover agent who basically put the idea into their heads, hey, you should go blow something up. And so, yeah, okay, we'll go blow something up. Yeah. Uh, so like they the, creating the problem so they can fix it. Right. No, right. Not only, claim fixing it. In that case, you didn't have anybody placing any fake bombs. Nothing had really been done by the Miami 7 or whatever they're calling no, them. I don't Whatever they are. Um, so nothing had really been done by them, so it wasn't nearly as scary of a circumstance. This, I've got to say, I do find scary. This is not good. But at the same time, I, I wonder how much like, how much is the, the FBI pushing this? That's a good question, and it would lead one to, I mean, if it were true that the FBI were planting suggestions in the heads of easily suggestible characters. Right. I mean, I, uh, if, I, I would think that if you, you talk to enough skinheads and give them enough fake bombs, that you will find some skinheads to place those fake bombs. However, the question is, how many of those skinheads would have placed bombs or gone out to get bombs without having been given fake the bombs? The prompting, the encouragement, right. Those are all good questions, and uh, but it doesn't really deal with the root of the problem. I mean, I, I'm not d- denying that what you're saying is, is legitimate and should be pointed out. It should be. But what also should be point out, uh, pointed out is that the leader of the group 
James Cromartie was uh, Cromitty was concerned about deaths at the hands of the U.S. military in Afghanistan. So perhaps the reason why these guys could have even been motivated in the first place by whomever it was, whether it was the FBI agents that motivated them to do this, or it was they themselves, Mr. Cromedy, uh, that had uh, just had the had his own initiative to go out and blow something up. Uh, it sounds to me like if it weren't for the U.S. military being across the world killing people, specifically in his case in Afghanistan, he probably would never have even gone to this point. Yeah. So again, it's the uh, the the war machine of this country that is stirring up terrorists, yep. as we've been saying for a long time, as you know, Ron Paul has been pointing out. Right, for and a this long time. and this is the sort of thing that you simply can't tell the warmongers. They just won't listen. The justifications kick in, and they just won't listen. Look, this guy gave us his reason that. We are fighting a war against Muslims on right. their in their homeland. It wasn't sex. Hey, if we weren't over there, if we weren't killing them, then, well, and obviously, some of them are going to die when we, you fight a war over there. You can't fight a war where you just get the, the soldiers. And the way he sees those soldiers is they're freedom fighters. I know that you don't see them the same way. I don't see them the same way. However, I'm of the opinion that the United States military shouldn't be all over the world killing people. And this was the same reason that uh, Osama bin Laden gave for the 9-11 attacks in the first place, was that we are over there. They do not want us in their land. I know It seems like a no-brainer. Right. Their it, government said that it was okay, but they don't like their government. Right. So the only way for them to get rid of us is to blow us up and make us you know, angry. And, and finally, then we're frustrated and we get out. That's their only hope. And you're they're not, not going to win by fighting us straight up. It shouldn't be mistaken. And we're not saying that it's justified, that terrorism is justified because what we're doing over there mm -hmm. is wrong. It certainly doesn't justify terrorism. But it doesn't change the fact that it's encouraging it. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, do you want, I mean, we are inspiring these terrorists that even though their actions aren't justified, it, it still doesn't change that fact. Right. It's not, we're not trying to make excuses for it's them. Right? Distasteful is what these people, these terrorists are doing. They're doing, it, doing them for reasons. I may not agree with the reasons. You may not agree with the reasons, but they've got their reasons. And the reason is that he, the stated reason is that we are over there in their homeland blowing up their people. And, you know, some might say, well, he should get out of here. Well, he's not out of here. He's here blowing up. You know, planning to blow up Jews in our uh, in our homeland, and you know you gotta wonder how many innocent people have died since uh, Obama took office. How many innocent people over here should die? I'm not saying that I agree with it. I'm just saying that look, if you walk a mile in this other guy's moccasins, look at his moccasins. Just inspect his moccasins for a minute then you might get an idea of what it is that these people have a problem with. And, you know, the, there was this uh, debate today between Obama. It wasn't a debate between Obama and Cheney, or was it yesterday? I don't know. But they were both giving their, uh, these, these speeches on torture and, and rendition, and uh, the, they, they're calling it enhanced interrogation techniques. I wonder, you, you don't know what the reasons are, but I wonder how many of these people would have participated if the United States, um, in these terrorist attacks, if the United States wasn't doing 
torture or enhanced interrogation or whatever. How about if they weren't invading those countries in the, the first sure, place? Sure, but I, it, it's all degrees, it. right? Well, he says his father lives in Af- in Afghanistan. This is the leader of the alleged terrorist group, and he was upset about U.S. military presence there. So let's wipe that one off the table, since we understand that the U.S. military being present and killing people and just being present uh, pisses people off around the world. And le- when you start dropping bombs and shooting uh, innocent people, that's when you really start to create terrorists. So we know that's the case. So let's wipe that part off the table. What about the attacking the Jewish centers thing? Because you can't really you, you can't really escape out of that one with the well the U.S. military is in Afghanistan that doesn't really work there so let's just look at that one for a moment what about the bombings of the Jewish centers okay well this guy clearly hates Jewish people for whatever reason who knows and uh, there are a lot of people out there that are very anti fill in the blank right a lot of people have uh, hatred for various other groups there are bigots all over this uh, the place in this country. And we don't really have too much of a concern about bigots attacking other people. Usually it's just hate, you know, sure. they just In the 60s, hate. they were burning black churches. I, I get that. Uh, were, there, were there people inside the, the black churches? Generally, no. But, I mean, there's, there's the odd circumstance. Still, not where, good. You know, some parish house got burned or something. But, okay, so let's say there still is a legitimate threat against certain uh, religious groups or whatever. In this case, uh, the Jewish people were targeted. Does that necessarily call for an FBI? Does that necessarily call for a federal government? Is that an excuse to say, well, he might have attacked these Jewish people or whoever? Uh, Is that an excuse to have a federal government? I say no, because if you want to protect yourself, if you're concerned about being attacked, it should be your responsibility to hire on whatever kind of protection agencies you need uh, in order to keep you safe. And, you know, even if you're a small government guy, uh, surely you could support having state or local police do investigations in in this particular regard over the federal government. There is no reason to have some federal organization uh, allegedly protecting people. Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version, even a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's the only way you're going to get the free book uh, for the free offer is audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. 800-259-9231. Uh, the terror suspects weren't the only ones busted recently. There was another bust of interest in New Jersey. The story at NorthJersey.com where federal agents have dismantled an illegal salsa radio station whose broadcasts interfered with the New York public radio station. Authorities from the U.S. Marshals Service, along with investigators from the FCC, raided in uh, apparently northern New Jersey, they give you the address, we don't need to give you that, and seized radio uh, radio equipment used to operate the pirate salsa station on 90.5 FM. According to civil court documents unsealed Tuesday, Jairo, Jairo Diaz, who lived at both locations, operated the station and dodged the government's repeated attempts to stop him. 
Now, what's interesting about this is I read, or one of the interesting things about this is I was um, alerted to this by one of my industry publications, uh, the Radio Info website. That's how I, I found out about this story. And they said that the FCC was fast-tracking this one. This was, a, this was a case they really had to move on because, well, this is a station that was allegedly interfering with a station in New York. So, I mean, you'd think that if it were interfering with a, with another station, that they would move quickly. That, hey, FCC, fast track this. Well, uh, what does fast track mean in the FCC? What do you think? What, how long does it take the FCC to <laughs> fast years. track and bust a pirate radio station? Two years. Well, the first report came in about the station in November of 2006. So, yeah, two and a half years. It's about how long it took him. Well, I'm, I don't know that they necessarily fast-tracked at that point. The guy hadn't been responding. I think that there's a couple of, uh, in this circumstance, there are a couple of sort of telling things about this guy and his pirate station. A, he was stomping on somebody else's signal. This is extraordinarily bad form. As far as I'm concerned, that uh, the, uh, that station has... Um, True, but he is in the New York market. He's in the which... New York market, and I will admit that makes it very difficult that there's somebody yeah. everywhere. But he was he was directly adjacent, uh, you know, one one uh, dial position off, adjacent to somebody who else, you know, had paid the FCC and mm-hmm. you know and, and had paid the protectors uh, out there and. You know, that's the biggest problem in this case. He's in the New York market, and I understand that makes it difficult. The vast majority of uh, people in the United States don't have to worry about that. There is some open dial position uh, that's, you know, within more than two adjacent uh, from some other dial position, and you'd be fine. Right. And he ignored repeated contacts by the um, FCC. Uh, yeah, I understand that. But what I'm telling you is it took the FCC two and a half years sure, after sure, the sure. first warrant. Like, they knew that this was a station that was interfering with another station in November of 2006, and it took them two and a half years to do something about it. And that's in New York where it's, the dial is absolutely packed. So can right. imagine in a place where it's not absolutely packed and you're not overstepping on someone's bounds. You're being a good neighbor. Very encouraging. Exactly. That's the reason I'm sharing this is because it's an encouraging story. I mean, it's... Nobody wants to see a pirate uh, get busted that's doing a good thing, uh, or a community station, whatever you want to call it, that's doing a good part, thing. That's Aggressive Part 15. Yeah, that is, uh, anyway, that is <laughs> essentially operating uh, on a much more neighborly basis with the other stations in the area. So just to show you how slow and inefficient and awful the FCC was in the case of someone who was interfering, in the case of a pirate signal that was being a bad neighbor with the other stations on the air. Despite verbal and written warnings, repeated verbal and written warnings, the unlicensed radio station continued to broadcast, wrote an assistant U.S. attorney on May 6th, then a document requesting that the federal district court allow federal agents to enter the two locations and take the equipment. The equipment used in this type of operation is highly portable. Any delay could result in the removal of the equipment to another location or concealment beyond the writs of entry. I don't know what a writ of entry means. Is that is that well, the amount of the writ the, of entry is an interesting uh, little thing that it. I don't know what other government agents have agencies have this, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you it, it, the story brought it up. Is the FCC doesn't need no warrant to go in your house. Mm-hmm. The FCC goes where they want. As long as there's some device that uh, broadcasts on the, the them airwaves, they go where they want. So if you've got a Wi-Fi in your house, if you've got anything that has one of those little FCC stickers on it, the FCC doesn't need a warrant to go in your house. What? That's wrong. Please tell me. Oh, my God. Do um, <laughs> you mean wrong or do you mean mistaken? 
No, you you. I don't know if it's mistaken. I hope. I wish well, it is. Well, I hope it is. I'd well, be happy to get it. They a, need a, something because they requested from the district court that they be allowed into the location. It's my understanding they don't need it. I have a uh, story that uh, corroborates that. If you'd like to. Uh, uh, me to read that next. Well, are you suggesting that the FCC can just come up into your house any old time they want to? I am suggesting. That. I think you're wrong about that because otherwise, why would they bother giving warnings? They're the FCC. I don't know. I mean, they well, choose to do they, that. If they're the FCC, they can, and if they're as powerful as you, you claim, assume they would that every government that agency power. is going to exercise every power they have. And I, I have just, no reason to not believe that they <laughs> wouldn't exercise their power. All right. Well, um, well they we might. Can, maybe we can talk laziness. about that after maybe you, they after write. Maybe it's just lazy. They they write hoping that that will keep them from having to show up and bust in your door and do all that. Well, maybe. Although then they get to steal your equipment if they go in. So there's an incentive there. I mean, these are. Well, anyway, what's the FCC want with your equipment? They can pawn it, sell it, and make a little bit of money off of it. And they can find you as well after that. After that point. Anyway, the equipment used, uh, according to the story, they were just shut down. It's not a criminal matter. They are not facing criminal charges. Yet another example of why this is an encouraging story. The people over at the free radio website uh, that's a pirate station out in California, they basically said that no one has ever challenged the fine. People have been getting fines from the FCC for a long time for running pirate unlicensed radio stations. And none of them have ever actually challenged it in court. The FCC has never allowed itself to be taken to court on a challenge on one of those on one of the fines that has been issued. So not only are they not bringing criminal charges against a man who was admittedly interfering with another radio station, but the fine is even still questionable. If he doesn't pay the fine to the FCC, what are they going to do? What are they going to do if he doesn't pay the fine? What if he takes it to court and, and then takes it on a, uh, a free speech basis? Because that's never happened either. No I'm one very has interested ever, in, in, in all of this. It's very interesting. Right. I just no don't know. No one has ever taken the FCC to court over this stuff. That, that's my understanding from reading the free radio website. And I, lo- I, I love that, uh, that, that there's a possibility that the court would rule that there's you know, free speech or the freedom of broadcast or whatever. But I don't believe it for a second. Oh, no, I don't, I don't think so either. But I don't know if the FCC wants to find out that badly, mm-hmm. which is why they may not even pursue uh, if you don't pay the fine. So the FCC first received the complaints about the station back in 2006 when a fan of the station they were interfering with contacted them. From that time until this time, the FCC officials told the operators repeatedly that the operating, uh, operation, operation of the station was a violation of federal law. Uh, one of them promised to dismantle the station or ignored the FCC's request completely. And so they found out where it was located in 2007, and then finally, two years later... They actually raided the place. So uh, a bit of encouraging news for anybody out there who has resolved to run their own radio station. I think it's a relatively safe affair, especially if you aren't interfering with your neighbors. And if you shut down the transmitter when the FCC threatens you once, wait till they go away, set it up in a different location. (laughs) You can keep running them around. We're coming up. Hey, the other day I bought my first firearm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's pretty good to sell. Match. I even got a $5 good guy discount. Nice. All I had to do was sign up for the military. Sign what? Huh? Not to die on This is Free Talk Live. 
your show. You bring up anything, dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the updates. You get signed up and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. All right, so you know what? Uh, we had a story that we started actually a couple weeks ago, and we never actually uh, got through it. So I figured we should pick it up at this point because I thought it was pretty good. It was okay. the eight, uh, the fifty things. That I thought you wanted to hear about the FCC's warrantless oh, household yeah, you're right. searches. Thanks for that. Okay, I'll promo your story, and then we'll, we'll get do to the fifty the... things that uh, everybody should know. Oh, that's a good. That is good. Um, <clears throat> from uh, Wired. Uh, I guess this might be, I don't know, it's either called threat level or this is a threat level section of their magazine, Mm -hmm. but uh, you can go to wired.com. FCC warrantless household searches alarms experts. Hmm. You may not know it, but if you have a wireless router, a cordless phone, a remote control car door opener, a baby, I would assume that means a garage door opener too, baby monitor, cell phone in your house, the FCC claims the right to enter your home without a warrant at any time of the day or night in order to inspect Hmm. it. Nice. That's the upshot of the rules the agency has followed for years to monitor licensed televisions and radio stations and crack down on pirate radio broadcasters. The commission maintains the same policy applies to any licensed or unlicensed radio frequency device. (laughs) Anything using RF energy, we have the right to inspect to make sure it is not causing interference, says FCC spokesperson David Fisk. That includes this is a new power grab, in my opinion. Devices we, like we have his contact information, so people can call him and check up on that. Well, I suspect that uh, you you might be able to get a hold of Wired magazine, but they do not. Wait, mention. what was the agent's name? David Fisk. David Fisk of the FCC says that includes uh, devices like wi- uh, like Wi-Fi routers and that use unlicensed spectrum. Excuse me, citizen. We're here for uh, your inspection. Uh, we've detected radio signals emanating from your household, and we'll just need to take a quick look around here. That's what you're saying. They can I do. think people should personally call him and check up on that, just to, because that's a pretty big deal. I yeah, <laughs> I think that's outrageous. It, it is absolutely outrageous, and more example of mission creep. Mm-hmm. This is probably something that's been in their little rule book for decades, but you know they 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 employ it when they feel like employing it, and likely they'll feel like employing it more and more over time, and that's how mission creep works. Care, care, I, I want to hear more. Okay, yeah. great. The FCC claims it derives its warrantless search power from the Communications Act of 1934. Uh, though the constitutionality of the claim has gone untested in the courts, that's largely because the FCC had little to do with the average citizen for most of the last 75 years when the home transmitters were largely reserved to ham radio operators and CB radio aficionados. Mm -hmm. But in 2009, nearly every household in the United States has multiple devices that use radio waves to uh, fall under the FCC's purview, making the commission's claimed authority ripe for a court challenge. It is a major stretch beyond case law to assert that um, uh, that authority with respect to private homes, which is the heart of the Fourth Amendment's protection against unreasonable search and seizures, says Electronic Frontier Foundation lawyer Lee Ten. When it was a uh, private home and when you're talking, when it is a private home and when you're talking about an overpowered Wi-Fi antenna, the idea that they could uh, just go in is honestly quite bizarre. George Washington University professor Orrin Kerr, a constitutional law expert, also questions the uh, legality of the policy. The Supreme Court 
has said the government can't make warrantless entries into homes for administrative inspections, Kerr said via email, referring to a 1967 Supreme Court ruling ruling that housing inspectors need warrants to enforce their way into um, private residences. The FCC's online FAQ doesn't explain how the agency gets around that ruling, Kerr says. So... Well, I, I wonder if they've actually used this so-called power, or is the agent just expressing that he believes that the agency has uh, It doesn't the sound like they actually got a warrant from the district court in the last article you read. It sounded like they got some kind of permission or something. It, yeah, the, the, warrant, the term warrant was not used, but they did go to a district court in order to get permission, basically, to raid that home. I presume that means it was a warrant, but I mean, whether it was another piece of paper that says something different, it doesn't really matter. It's still a piece of paper with words on it. But nonetheless, they, it was my understanding, still have to go through a process of some sort to get that piece of paper. Otherwise, they would have raided the, the, uh, the, the pirate that we were talking about after the first couple of warning letters. They wouldn't have just kept trying, uh, sending letters and letters and letters for years. They... Actually, it goes into a, a case right here. So okay. Let's, uh, I'll continue. Me. The rules uh, came to the attention this month when an FCC agent investigating a pirate radio station in Boulder, Colorado, left hmm. a copy of a 2005 FCC inspection policy on the door of a residence hosting the unlicensed 100-watt transmitter whether you operate an amateur station or any other radio device your authorization um, your authorization from the commission comes with the obligation to allow inspection the statement says the notice spooked those running boulder free radio who thought i don't have authorization from your commission right (laughs) who thought it was just tough talk intended to uh, scare them into shutting down according to one of the station sounds that way who spoke to uh, Wired.com on condition of anonymity. This is an intimidation thing, he said. Most people aren't that dedicated to the cause, and I'm not going to let them into my house. Good but for him. Refusing the FCC ad- admittance can carry a harsh financial pen- penalty. In a 2007 case, a Corpus Christi, Texas man got a visit from the FCC's direction finders after rebroadcasting an AM radio station through a CB radio in his home. <laughs> an FCC agent tracked wow. the signal to his house and asked, to see the equipment. Donald Winston refused to let him in, but Good. did turn off the radio. Winston was later fined $7,000 to the entry of the officer. Did he pay? The fine was reduced to $225 uh. after he proved <laughs> he had little income. Administrative search pr- powers are not rare, at least as directed against businesses, fire safety, food, and workplace sta- safety regulators. You know, the FCC's fines that they give out remind me of the the fines that the uh, the airport bureaucracy, the TSA, gives out. Remember when Russell Canning was hit, our friend Russell up here, was hit with a $2,500 fine for whatever the hell it was he was doing? Remember he was holding a sign in the airport and they something like that, yeah. they went after him. I think that was what they went after him for. But yeah. they basically, they whenever you get whenever you do something naughty in the, uh, the airport, whether you accidentally forget and leave a lighter in your pocket or whatever it might be, like they confiscate something you weren't supposed to have. They will send you a fine, or they're not, not not every time. Not I've, every time. I, I've certainly, uh, you know, had but plenty it has of happened. The, the the stories have been in the news yep. about how they'll send a fine. I mean, presumably they'll have to have your information to send it to you, right? So if they get your information from you, they get your driver's license. Yeah, then they'll send you a fine, and basically it's just a fishing expedition. I mean, they want to see who's going to pay. That's it. the impression I get. I think a lot of people. I was just thinking about it today. How many people? If someone just seems to be in a position of authority. They even just speak with a with the sort of an authoritative tone in their voice. Mm-hmm. That sometimes that's all it takes to get people to obey. We're yep. conditioned to do that from 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 public school, from the public indoctrination centers on. We are conditioned to uh, look at people who seem to be in a position of authority and do whatever we're told, or we be, or we'll be punished. You know, so exactly. Yeah. 
So, so the rest of the story, Mark, says that an, there was an agent that left a, a piece of paper with their rules on it that essentially said that by operating or because you have an agreement with us, that therefore you have to let us in. But most people that are running their uh, you know, Wi-Fi router or something like that, they don't have an agreement with the FCC. They never signed an agreement. They never applied for a license or anything like that. So it seems like they're on some pretty shaky ground here, at least based on my initial uh, understanding of this. And the, it's not like the agent pushed his way into the door. He left a piece of paper on the front door. So if he had that much sway, if he had that kind of uh, legal ability, well, you know, why don't they give him a lockpick set or something like that and have him bust his way in if that's if that's fully legal? So I question this. Okay. I question I question the reporting here. Not that I I know anything about it. I certainly haven't done any more research than what you just read. But if they really could just walk into anybody's house, then why aren't they? I, I might have a phone number for David Fisk. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear it. Let me finish the last paragraph. Okay, All right, go ahead. In the meantime, pirate radio stations are adapting to the FCC's warrantless search power by dividing up station operations. For instance, Boulder yes. Free Radio consists of an online radio station operated by, operated by DJs from a remote studio miles away. Perfect. A small computer streams the online station and feeds it to the transmitter. Once the FCC comes and leaves a notice on the door, transmitters move to another location Perfect. before the agent returns. What's that Boulder? What is it? Boulder Boulder Free Radio. Boulder Free Radio. That is exactly the way things need to be done. I love that idea. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The FCC is an antiquated government bureaucracy. Good riddance to them. I hope they go away. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by heading over to amp.freetalklive.com. Become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get amped and get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines and more. Let's go to your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, guys. I got two things to say. Okay, good. Uh, one, you could actually build an FM transmitter kit, and they only allowed you one watt. Mm, no, I don't know if that's true. You well, talk- it, it's- Yeah, it is true. I did the research back in 1992. I want to start my own little home radio station, and the kits were the FCC would only allow one watt for an FM transmitter, and I also did a a high school science experiment, which I actually took to state, which was the same thing. Um, the, the second thing if, is... If what you're trying to do is be legal with your transmitter, I think you need to do a little more research. Uh, it's my understanding that on the FM band, there are these Part 15 regulations. With with the AM band, it's a tenth of a watt. With the FM band, there's some sort of calculation as far as millivolt contour and whatever. Which the, probably does come out to something exactly like one watt on the I FM dial. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate one on that. One is, watt is nothing on the FM dial. It's like two houses away from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I understand that. I just am saying to you that I'm not sure if that's if that is accurate. Um, so if you're trying to be legal, you may want to do a little bit more research into Part 15 FM. Okay, well that's fine. The second thing is, 
is Linksys WRT54G access point wireless routers. Mm -hmm. They come bought from Walmart at 19.9 milliwatts. And this is the kicker. I love it. This goes back to a Windows Linux thing. You can put a Linux operating system. You can go to OpenWRT and get a Linux operating system and mm -hmm. go ahead and put that on there, and you can beef it up to 250 milliwatts. And if yeah. you buy a couple of uh, maybe 7 to 14 EBI antennas, because the, the WRT has two antennas. And what's really cool is because with the hack, you can make one transmit, one receive, or you can just put on auto and let each one do whatever they want to do. But 251 milliwatts took me from my house to across the street on the other sidewalk. I was like, this, I have my laptop. I was like, this is too cool. So, that that yeah. is cool. And you know what? I tried that once and I think I bricked my router. <laughs> uh, you can unbrick it, though. You just yeah. don't even know how. Basically, what he's explaining here is you can get alternative firmware for a specific Linksys router out there. In fact, there is my understanding there are a handful of different uh, alternative firmwares that you can download. And in one of those options that they have in there that uh, they basically unlock for you is that you can turn up the transmit power of your uh, your Wi-Fi receiver and transmitter. So that's pretty cool. Which and it seems pretty unlikely that the FCC is ever going to catch wind of something like that, right? Uh, it seems unlikely, but I, when you guys were talking, I went ahead and flipped over my router and looked at it, and the FCC sticker is on there. I'm like, oh, well. Well, the FCC sticker is on any electronic uh, component, basically. That, I think it's on microwaves, too, isn't it? Uh, probably. Yeah, it is. Yep. It's interesting. So if you beef up your microwave, are you going to be in trouble? <laughs> I, mean, I think probably I know someone. From the inside out. I think I know someone that could answer that question definitively for us. David what? Fisk. <laughs> now he's okay. a spokes bureaucrat for the FCC. Is That's that right? correct. Uh, I've got his phone number here. It's two zero two four one eight zero five one three David dot f i s k e at fcc dot gov. If you want to get in touch with old Dave, see what he has to say. So thank you, Steve. Any other thoughts? No, sir. Uh, you guys have a good day. All right, I appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. So I guess. Uh, all kinds of interesting things going on in the world of transmission out there. And I'm so pleased to know that there's a pirate radio station that is using uh, the idea that I thought I came up with, but I guess I wasn't the first person to come up with it, uh, the idea of run your radio station at a completely different location from the transmitters. Uh, from Isn't the that transmitter a fascinating site. thing? I think it's sort of an aspect of the collective unconsciousness that's forming out of all this shared media and all this uh, advanced communication is that, you know, You'll come up with an idea, and you'll think it's completely original, but you probably were inspired by maybe Something the else. same three things that someone else saw. And Small who world. Knows? Yeah. All right, 1-800-259-9231. So 50 things every 18-year-old should know, though I would say that everybody should know these things regardless of what their age is. When we first started this list a couple weeks back, we got through about 20 of them. Uh, actually, I guess a little bit more than 20 says, uh, so we'll pick up at number 22. It's not enough to buy a gun and stick it in a drawer like a lucky talisman. You need to learn to use the gun. And that's a for sure thing. By the way, the story coming from rightwingnews.com. Uh, not sure what else is on right-wing news. I've never been there before. Doesn't sound like a site that I would really like too much in general, but this is a very useful list. Uh, so, yeah, learn how to use the gun that you buy. I mean, if you don't know how to fire the gun you've purchased, then you've basically got a brick of, of metal. 
You know, you've got a hunk a dangerous of dangerous brick of metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the, even more important than I mean, obviously learning how to fire it is or it's useless, but learning the safe, the basic safety issues with a gun and yeah. getting and and also if you're you need to use it regularly uh, and practice those safety rules so that they become second nature to you as well. Yep. Good advice. Uh, it's also number tw- 23. When you move, sell, throw away, and give away as much as possible, or you'll just end up moving boxes from one closet where they've been sitting for five years to another closet where they'll be sitting for the next five years. And I think we actually did that one before. But always a good idea to keep things simple in your life, to not have too much stuff cluttering up your life. Now, Dale, you're about ready to move from one place to another. Uh, do you have much clutter to, to bring with you? Not much. I think I've done a pretty good job of clearing out my clutter in the process of moving to New Hampshire. I, I think I mentioned before that I shipped a few boxes of things that I basically evaluated how valuable they were to me and how heavy they were because that mm-hmm. affects the cost of shipping. And then if I couldn't justify it, they ended up at the Goodwill. And uh, and I got receipts for tax write-offs and I sold some things. I gave some things away on Craigslist. I, I did a massive clearing out, and so I basically I shipped a few things, and then everything else was what would fit into a VW Beetle. It's a good and feeling, I drove isn't that, it? Uh, to Georgia, and then uh, after a little while later, I sh- I cleared out a little bit more stuff and shipped up to uh, New Hampshire the same way, and it feels really good to clear out all that crap. Absolutely, I make a uh, a yearly effort to just clear out some stuff that uh, that I have that I just haven't used and I don't think I'll be needing, uh, and it makes me feel great when I do that. I highly recommend everybody else uh, do that, uh, do something similar. Either throw it away or sell it cheap at a garage sale or put it up on eBay or give it away to charity or give it away to some friends. Whatever you do, get it out of your hands. Number 24, don't ever loan your friends money if you want to keep them as friends. After all, if they were good with money and were likely to pay you back in a timely manner, they probably wouldn't need the loan in the first place. If they really need the money, you want to help them, and you can afford it, just give it to them. I think that's good advice, too. Be prepared that what you're doing is giving them money, and if they ever pay you back, then it's icing. Yeah, that's then it's like found money. Of it. or, or, you know, if you, if you value the friendship, that's because true. You're right, because nothing is worse than having to run collections on a friend. Yeah, it's basically. awful. I mean, they you gave them some money, they used the money, and uh, they're, again, probably not very fiscally responsible, so they might have used the money on something that they shouldn't have used the money on, or perhaps they intended, they had the best of intentions, that they were going to pay you back, but, you know, something came up, right? All the, you know, the daughter uh, broke her, uh, her, her leg, and so they had to pay a hospital bill. But there's always some sort of excuse. There's always some reason that they can't give you the money back, and then you don't really feel too friendly anymore towards that person because, well, they made you a promise and they've broken it uh, at this point, and so it's certainly not going to make your next session of uh, hanging out very comfortable. And I'm pretty sure they don't mean by this, they don't mean that, you know, you're out to have dinner and someone doesn't just have a lot of cash on them and they need 10 bucks for dinner or something. That's something else, I think. <laughs> yeah, you mean like a real a real loan. But if yeah. then again, if you give somebody 10 bucks for dinner and they don't pay you back on that, it can still be pretty irritating. Like, yeah, I suppose that'll so. That'll be the last time I give you any money. But I but that that I don't mind. I mean, generally uh that just means they don't have cash on them and Right. That's Let's go to your phone calls. Uh, you can chime in on these or bring up whatever you want. We'll continue some more here as we go on with the show. CJ is in Minnesota. CJ, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, just great. What's on your mind tonight? Say, so, yeah, I just want to touch bases on these AM transmitters that uh, you guys are talking about. I yes, am sir. an affiliate of the GCN network here. I run the Hamilton Rangemaster 1000s. They are an FCC certified transmitter. 
Yes, uh, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, we're also dealers of it. Um, our station here in Maple Grove, Minnesota, and Minneapolis, Minnesota, is uh, Liberty Radio 1710 AM. And uh, people can, you know, go on the website. we got LibertyRadio1710 I'll tell you what, I'm going to hang you over, because I know that uh, I, for one, am a huge fan of uh, radio stuff, and I know we might have a few listeners that are curious about how to broadcast legally, because that's what he's doing. It's Free Talk Live. SwissAmerica.com reports Thursday gold prices shot over $950 an ounce on a falling dollar amid a sell-off on Wall Street. Gold closed in New York up $16.70 to $953.90, a two-month high. Silver rose $0.30 cents to $14.55. Rather than looking at gold from a returns point of view, an investor should look at diversifying into it purely for its quality as a pure hedge against exposure to either debt or equity, reports the India Times. More at SwissAmerica.com. Recession, inflation, market volatility, what do you do to protect your money? Call Swiss America to send you a free education on gold investing. Gold offers you safety, liquidity, and excellent profit potential. Gold is the only asset that's not someone else's liability. The DVD, booklet, and newsletter are free. The knowledge you'll gain is invaluable. Call toll-free 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the second hour of the program. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We started, uh, well, not started last hour, but last hour we were were discussing pirate radio. Specifically how... Community radio. Well, some people like to call it that. I don't think that's as exciting. Anyway, specifically how the FCC, when faced... Now, government bureaucracies tend to be pretty slow, tend to be pretty inefficient, and this is another example of how bad they really are at doing the the, the tasks they're tasked with doing. Uh, The FCC is supposed to protect their licensed stations. These big AM and uh, FM stations around the country, many of whom are carrying the show, uh, have paid a lot of money to the FCC for application fees and licenses and things like that. And when a, a station in New Jersey, a pirate station, went on the air back in 2006, November of 2006, and began interfering with another licensed station in nearby New York City, they, they got complaints, the FCC did, but they didn't actually raid the pirate until two and a half years later. So just an example of just how slow these guys really are. So if you wanted to get out there and do uh, your own radio station in the pirate form, you probably could. And as long as you are being a good neighbor and not actually interfering with another radio station, your length of uh, run without FCC interference may be far longer than, than two and a half years. But that's not the only way to broadcast. There's also the legal method, and that's what CJ is doing in Minnesota. CJ, you're on Free Talk Live, and you were telling us about your radio station that uses a tenth of a watt AM transmitter and it was uh Liber- what was it liberty radio 1710 yeah liberty radio 1710 and the website's liberty radio 1710.com if anybody's interested in getting involved in the legal way of uh of having a legal transmitter 
Uh, we are dealers for everything that you're going to need from the antennas all the way down to the studio gear as well. So, so if anybody's qu- interested, you can contact us on the website. So question then about uh, your station, uh, because it's rare that you'll see a, a, a website for a station that is essentially kind of under the radar, though I guess you guys can be not under the radar because you're, you're legal. The, the range master transmitter you're using is a, a tenth of a watt, fully legal, even FCC certified transmitter uh, that is relatively pricey. I think they've come down in price, though, because there's some new competitor in the field. Uh, but they're a tenth of a watt, but they're tall, so therefore they go a ways. Yeah, yeah what kind you, of ranger are you getting out of that thing? And what's your, what's your setup exactly? All right, well, my setup, we'll start with the setup here. What I've got is, of course, I'm running the Hamilton Rangemaster 1000, designed by Keith Hamilton. He used to be an old FCC uh, agent, I guess you could call him. <laughs> um but uh, and he designed this for the purpose of um, you know trying to get away you know with excluding the pirate radio. So what we do is we have the Hamilton Rangemaster 1000. We are running you know a basic setup. I mean I've got a little I've got some really good studio gear that that actually you know transmits better. But a, a guy that wants to get into the basic entry of uh, the AM station, he can. Uh, you can get like a 31 band EQ Behringer. It's like 100 bucks. You can get it for 89 dollars somewhere like that. Uh, there's a Behringer compressor um, that that again is under 100 dollars. And then you get into a little bit more expensive gear, like a entry level processor of like an Innovonics 222. Um, and you need a soundboard and, and you know a small cheap soundboard. You don't need nothing special to get into the radio uh, business. Um, no, like it's said, fairly low cost uh, to to set up a uh, bare bones studio. You don't have to spend a whole lot of money. What would you say about the minimum uh, that you'd have to lay down to get just a basic studio setup? Would be, you know, we we when I first jumped into this, it it ran me right around three thousand dollars. I mean, but does that include that, the transmitter? That includes the transmitter, and that's all the studio gear. Of course, you're going to want to upgrade as you learn more and more about it. I'd like to, yeah, absolutely. That's just, you know, getting your feet wet, basically. But I'd like to point out that $3,000 is probably less than it would cost to submit an application for a radio station to the FCC. Yeah, and then you'll have a two-year waiting period once you submit that application. If you're lucky. Um, they, they, sometimes they're just not taking applications. So I think if you send in your application, they'll take the money and send you back your application. <laughs> two yeah. years later. So uh, sorry, we're not accepting applications at this time. <laughs> so you um, guys, uh, you got everything set up. How long ago did you start this uh, this uh, station? You know, it's been up for about six months. Um, we we started in Maple Grove, Minnesota, with one transmitter. Mm-hmm. Um, put up a second transmitter. And the thing about these uh, these Hamilton Rangemasters, it's not about power. Nope. It's about the grounding unit. How well can you ground? Um, uh, get the unit to be grounded. Um, if you can tap into a water table, which you can find out through your, you know, uh, through your local city, how deep the water table is, and connect a ground rod, um, you know, your five-eighths ground rods. If you can connect two or three of them together, they're eight eight feet long. You know, you can get down sixteen twenty feet. Usually, that's a water table. If you can get in that water table. Uh, you're not going to make a, a water gusher come up or anything no. like that. It's just you're just down deep into the moisture of the land, and it's that's what I found out about this. Is I broadcast out of my house, and uh, my grounding unit is it's it's excellent. I mean, I'm getting 
about an eight-mile radius. Wow, that's incredible. Now, are, now th- th- is that heard, listenable? I've heard people make these claims, and, and I've got to ask, is this is uh, is that an eight-mile radius where you like you push the seek button on your car and it comes up at 1710? Or is that right. uh, is that you, you'll drive eight miles from where you are and then you can still hear some kind of discernible crackling that sounds like it might be a radio station? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I want to know how far uh, eight miles is eight miles. All right. Well, um, in Seek Tune, we're about four and a half miles. That's, That's still real good. good. That's impressive. Yeah. That's really, Radial. really good. I mean, Radio I've miles. Got guys, I've got guys all over the country calling me going, how have you done this? I've got ham operators calling me up going, how do you do it? And I'm like, it's all in this grounding, you know, um how hard uh, is it that, that process you described? You said you need like three eight-foot rods that are like five-eighths thick. Yeah, you know what right? you do is you get like a five-eighths um, coupling, a copper coupling, because they're copper rods, of course, and you want to solder them together. And then you just take, uh, well, what I did, instead of hitting hitting the end of the thing with a with a sledgehammer, I just went out and get, rented at the local rent store one of the um, um, fence pole, yeah, fence pole pounder. And then you just set the pounder right up on top, hook an air compressor up, and within like 30 seconds, you're 20 feet down into the ground. It's interesting. I wonder how it would work. I mean, we're doing this show out of New Hampshire where there's a lot of rock, a lot of granite around, so I wonder how far down you can get. But you basically know, what you're saying is that uh, with AM radio, the the way to get a good transmission is not antenna height, but actually the, the grounding of the, the antenna. Well, you want to be about an average of 30 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. So you figure an average... You know, rooftop of a house is maybe like 20, 20 feet in the air, and then you've got a 10-foot pole with the transmitter on top of it. Now, then you have an 8-foot antenna, which is FCC regulations, and Keith Hamilton has put all this together so that if you... Now, if you go out and get one of these aftermarket antennas, that transmitter is no longer certified by the FCC. So what kind of antenna do you have to get? Well, we just went to Radio Shack and got the 102-inch uh, whip antenna, which is which is certified with the um, with the transmitter. Hmm. Now, it doesn't come with the transmitter; you have to purchase it separate. Yeah. But this is one thing that Keith Hamilton has went into and uh, made sure that with this, because not only is the height now part 15 says 10 foot. But they also include the wire that hooks up to the to the transmitter that's inside the box, which is about two feet. So if you, so you had... have to include that two feet wire inside the transmitter box. If you go outside the regulations and they come to your place and they inspect it, they can shut you down if you're not following it 100%. But you don't need to. There's so many ways that you can get a good transmission where you do not have to alter the unit at all. I mean, just... Hook up a couple more ground rods about 25 to 50 feet apart from each other, and what I've done is taken a uh, um, a four gauge solid uh, copper, and I soldered the um, the ground rods that I placed. I have six of them in my yard. So and they only go eight. They only go eight feet down. So if you're a little I'm bit in, handy, then uh, this is a, a pretty easy project. Then. Oh, I mean, together. you don't even really have to be handy. It's it's, it's excellent for transmissions. I'm telling Very cool. You. Well, hey, you know, I appreciate you guys uh, running the show. I don't see Free Talk Live on your, your show schedule on the website, so I'm going to put you on hold here uh, and talk to you off to, uh, during the break about getting you up on our affiliates list because we do list our Part 15 affiliates on freetalklive.com. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. 
And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com, features including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what that's all about. Shrine. Dot freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls about whatever you want. We'll continue the 50 things you should know. Uh, let's go first to Mike in Arizona. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Hey, great. What's on your mind? Well, you were talking earlier about uh, you know, the, your list of 50 things, and there was the, uh, the point you're making about uh, loaning out to friends, loaning money out to friends. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, it might be a good idea in general not to loan money to friends. Um, but it I really kind of it, it can be subjective as well. You know, it depends on which friend you're loaning to. Um, I've I've borrowed from friends before, and I've loaned to friends before, and uh, I've learned a hard lesson a few times. So, as a general rule, yeah, you know, don't loan your money out because it's going to create hard feelings. But you know, if you've known somebody your whole life and you know they're good for it, and they're just kind of down on their luck a little bit because you know the economy sucks. Um, I don't see a big problem with it. Matter of oh. fact, I'm waiting on three hundred dollars to come back to me from a buddy from six months ago. Well, what what Dale said, and I think that this is pretty much what you're saying is, if you are going to give money to a friend, give money to a friend, and um, you know, you know, loan it to them, but don't have the expectation that money is going to come back. That way, you don't have that bad feeling when you talk to them. Well, you know, I I don't have a bad feeling when I'm talking to them because I know that I will get it back eventually. And I'll probably get it back with interest, you know. Plus, you know, it's it, you really have to be careful about just who you're going to. And if I'd never get the money back from my buddy who owes me this three hundred bucks, I won't care. Well, that's the attitude you know? that you've got to have. Right. That's I mean, the attitude you have to have in order to be able to loan money to a friend. You have to be willing to see that money go goodbye and never come back. And if you're willing to do that, then that's great. If you've got the, the the finances to do that. But if you're not doing well financially and somebody asks for a loan, and you're not sure as to whether or not it's going to come back, unless you're absolutely uh, positive, you shouldn't make the loan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, so, so basically, the answer, what I'm saying is, don't make a loan just because it's your friend. You know, there, there has to be more to it than that. There has to be some semblance of fiscal responsibility to where you have at least uh, a glimmer of hope that it's going to be paid off in the future. Just because they're a friend of yours doesn't mean they're good for a loan. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I, I will agree with that. Very good, Mike. Any other thoughts? Um. Nope, not really. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. That uh, is another one of the tips from the 50 things that you should know. Uh, Number 25, women should never allow a boyfriend to take naked pictures. If it's on film, you shouldn't be surprised if it goes public in one form or fashion after a breakup. So why is it okay for... uh... Um, it, it, it's okay for guys to have women take pictures of them, and because that won't show up on yeah. the inner inner tubes. Yeah, I was. That's what I was going to say. I mean, let's flip that around. Uh, I mean, if if you're concerned about your nakedness showing up on the internet, then you should not be allowing. Is that a to common problem? A lot of guy, a lot of women wanting to take naked pictures of their boyfriends. Well, Probably know, not. I don't know whether it is. But it doesn't sound. Like <laughs> I don't. I, I would think that guys would more want to do that than than women would. Yeah. That's that's my belief on on the sexes. And yeah. you know, call me a sexist. I don't mind it's probably true but you know i i also have to caution with this one is different people have different things they like when it comes to you know their their adult fantasies 
And I don't think that you should just out of hand dismiss your partner's adult fantasy because it's on this list or it's a good idea or anything like that. I mean, it, people's what their fantasies are is important. And, and mm-hmm. you know, if you take that seriously, you are a better partner. No, I agree with you. I think that as as long as you're prepared to have those pictures show up on the Internet, then go for it. I but, think, uh, yeah, I think there's probably a lot of guys out there that really don't care if there's naked pictures of them out on the Internet. I, I would say that that's also true. I think, I think there's a lot of guys out there that not, want I'm to not be seen naked. I'm talking about guys and, and, a tale. Yeah, I was just thinking about the flipping around thing, because yeah. Ian mentioned I don't that, think that uh, I, <laughs> ladies should be so concerned about this. I mean, I it's, agree. It's, yeah. it's going back to the Puritanism that, uh, that has been in this country for way too long. The idea that uh, somehow having a naked picture of yourself floating around on the Internet or, you know, having a, a picture bad. of yourself you know, engaging in a sex act yep. is in some way bad or uh, deleterious to who you are today. You could say, I mean, if if this happened five years ago, you're not the same person uh, today that you were five years ago. So if somebody wants to hold that over your head, then why do you want to associate with somebody that's going to be you know, so prudish and uppity? You're right. A lot of people can't think that way, though. I mean, you really, it really is a freeing thing when you finally go, okay, anyone who's going to have uh, who's going to judge me on something stupid? I don't want. I don't care about what that person thinks. Right. Who are but, they? But most people are constantly in this mode of thinking, you know, of trying to impress other people. I mean, and that's part of that is that we all have. To, I mean, most of us are in this mode of we have to go get a job for some big company, and that's the only way we can make our living. Yeah. And most people aren't thinking outside of that box. And so they're constantly thinking, well, I've got to fit in. I've got to do what I'm supposed to do in order to fit this mold, this idea of what society expects me to be. And then you're constantly not being yourself, and you can't be happy that way. Well, I, 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 I understand think. where you're coming from. However, there there are some realities here, and I agree what with mean? what you're saying. The realities it's time to are, change those realities. Sure, and 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 I'm I'm willing to change those realities without taking naked pictures of myself. Thank you. Um, you know, when it comes to the, uh, you know, the corporate world, if you you know somebody can blackmail you in that setting by you know sending your coworker. How does that blackmail you? Say. Um, sending your coworkers uh, naked pictures, and then it would be spread around. So what? So just understand. That's if you're, what you say. If you're dedicated to to, if you want to be a servant to that corporate world, understand that you're never going to really be able to live your life honestly. Yep. You're going to constantly have to be thinking in terms of pleasing yep. these other people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just telling people, think about that. How is that? How valuable is that? How much money are you going to make? A huge massive chunk of it handed over to the government by the way i was there for eight years let's let's keep that in mind a huge massive chunk of all that money that you earn for being in that corporate world and the benefits you get and everything a huge chunk of it's going to go straight to government and then you know the economy is sucking away a lot of the other uh, the rest of it there's a lot of those embedded taxes and everything you buy and everything you're you know that reevaluate how much that money is really worth to you if you're going to have to live your life in such a way that you're constantly in fear of what might happen if someone finds out there's a picture of your penis somewhere on the line, yeah. you know? It's not just your penis because, um, you know, they, they have to identify you with the picture. Otherwise, yeah. I could just go yeah. around spreading some picture of penises around. Um, but the, you know, the other thing is holding public office is going to be nigh impossible if you're, uh, if you're... Thank 
God. Well, somebody's got to hold. That's a blessing. Somebody's got to hold public (laughs) office. And honestly, I think I would prefer the people willing to take naked pictures of themselves over the people that are not. So how do you know that that's uh, going to prohibit you from holding public office? Because most because that's the way that is, man. Well, how do you know? It's a reality. Wait, didn't that porn star get like six percent or something like that out in California? I have no idea. Well, obviously she didn't win, but um, I I think also, well, mm, I don't know if I want to get into what what you have to do in order to win public office, because that's something I just don't value. Well, that's definitely something that will result in you not being yourself is running for public office. That's for sure. But I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that someone who had a naked picture of themselves taken at, uh, you know, age 18 uh, in their one of their first relationships is somehow going to. Well, it's not a foregone conclusion. They'll find it. If it's a local office. 800-259-9231. I just don't get what the big deal is over somebody having a naked picture of themselves out there. It's Free Talk Live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alakees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control, bring up anything, toll-free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We get a lot of features. We give them all the way, including the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. It's like a listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. That's W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Dot com And if you want liberty in your lifetime, don't miss the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's happening in just a matter of weeks, June 25th through the 28th in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Join hundreds of liberty-loving people for a weekend of freedom and fun. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's Porkfest with a C, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Free Talk Live going to be broadcasting live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Looking forward to that. Always a blast to be around hundreds of like-minded, liberty-loving people who are willing to pick up their lives and move here to New Hampshire in order to achieve more freedom. Many of the people that are going to be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you know because you heard them on the air on this show. Not that you know them too well, but you know of them. You know of their exploits. You know of the things that they've been doing here in New Hampshire, the great activism that we've reported on so much here on Free Talk Live. Meet many of them in person at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. As we continue with the 50 things that everybody should know, 25, women should, oh wait, that was the other one, 26, when men have a problem and they tell you about it, they want to know how to fix it. When women have a problem and they tell you about it, they just want you to listen. Mm. I think that's that's largely true, and I think a lot of guys don't get that. Like, Largely true, but I at the same time, um, you know, I I don't think I think that sometimes guys just want people to listen, and mm-hmm. the idea of separating the sexes like this I think is dangerous. Not fair. Yeah. Um. And well, y- y- not fair, right? Uh, um. I'll tell you where the problem comes in. You're probably right. I mean, certainly there's times when a guy is looking for you to empathize with them, but I think that um, you know, it's fine if you try to fix the problem for for, for when a woman presents it to you, but if you don't at first show empathy then that can get you in trouble. <laughs> I think the guys just think in that mode of, you know, oh, I'll have to fix this problem. So, for you know, I just need to fix the problem. The first thing you need to do is empathize. 
then worry about fixing it. Well, um, I yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, women should recognize that guys like to fix problems, and I think that uh, guys should recognize that uh, women like the empathy thing, and and together we might, you know, in somewhere in the tween we may meet. It never hurts to ask if would you like a suggestion yeah, as to how to deal a with really that. Really great uh, idea. Yeah. Instead right of just after you've shown empathy for yes. the problem, yes, that's a good idea. Yes. We continue here uh, with the numbers, uh, number 27. If you ever get arrested, don't say anything until you talk to a lawyer. That's generally a good idea. I think that's a pretty, pretty, pretty good idea. You, that's, that's how I feel. But if you really actually don't say anything, as uh, we found out with our friend Sam recently, they might just hold you in a jail cell for uh, forever. And look how look at and look at Lauren's situation recently when she was arrested, and she didn't even answer the policeman's <laughs> questions on that. So, uh, but I think that was... Uh, that's something else, I think, when you're civil disobedience. So, 28, if you don't know the agenda of the people you're getting your news from, then you don't have the information you need to know if what they're telling you is true. Well, I don't even know if you know, if, if even if you know what the agenda is of the news organization you're, uh, you're watching or listening to, I don't think that even means that you know what they're saying is true. It may give you some level of insight into their perspective or what they're trying to accomplish by bringing that story about uh, but I don't think you should ever trust any any news source. I think there's too much information out there for anybody to give you the truth. I think that all they can do is sort of give you their angle of the truth, and what strikes you, uh, you know, strikes your heart as what seems correct. Then you know that's something you should go with. It's the best I can come up with. Number just too much information out there. Number twenty nine, and this one I vehemently disagree with. The government is a necessary evil. It's best to keep its tentacles out of your life and out of our society as much as possible. That part I agree. Well, um, you just disagree with the first part, right? Yeah. <laughs> the second part I completely agree with. Right. The whole idea well, that, that evil is necessary is pretty ludicrous to me. It is. It's. It's. Uh, yeah. That that just gets. It just ends up in there somehow. That it's a necessary evil. It's just something we just accept as a given. Well, it's because we've been told over We're, and over that's again. That's all. That There's no basis it. for it whatsoever, except that it's been pounded into our heads. Right. I mean, to say that government is, is necessary is to say that theft is necessary, is to say that violence is necessary. And I don't agree with that. I think well, there the, is a better way. Well, the whole thing to me is, well, I mean, and you're talking about what the government is providing us. You could certainly argue that that is necessary. What I think where it completely falls apart is you want to say, well, I just want one authoritarian monopoly controlling something, you're basically saying, I want someone who's completely unaccountable for their actions. And then that, that, that's what we've I, got. Why would you want that? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's, it'd be, that doesn't make any sense to say that, that you know, there has to be this, this one person. They have to have an authoritarian monopoly. That means they're going to be unaccountable. To, to, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. Now, and more importantly, how does it happen? Where does this magic happen? Where does their authority come from? How do they have an authority? Apparently, I mean, going it, into the a booth. only thing it can come from is violence, is or the threat thereof. Well, That's they, all. They would have you believe that it comes from people walking into a booth and checking a box on a piece of paper. Yeah, but that, but any rational person should see that. That should make no more sense than Santa Claus it delivering should. Christmas presents to billions of people in one night, or the Tooth Fairy, yeah. or whatever. I it agree with you. It, it's, to, to a sensible, rational person, that should not make any sense. And, and until someone can explain it to me in a way that it makes sense, I reject it. I look forward <laughs> to the day. Santa Claus doesn't deliver presents to brown people in foreign oh, countries. Oh, okay. okay. Well. I look forward to the day when, uh, <laughs> when that statement is accurate and that, it, that that no longer makes sense to people. It, it, for whatever reason, it does make sense to people now, the idea of government and forcing people to do things. I look forward to the day when we finally move beyond that. I look forward to the day that 
people who believe in no government, whether they call themselves voluntarists or anarchists or whatever it is, can take a statement as positive as the one that was uh, number 27 here on your list. And let it lay. Not positive. <laughs> you know, to they say wouldn't go after is necessary. It's right. not positive. Could you could you make the whole statement again for the for the for the listening Government audience? Government is a necessary evil. It's best to keep its tentacles out of your life and out of our society as much as possible. They that's said wh- that it is best. I mean, this is that's uh, why I said I agreed with the second part. <laughs> but I'm not going to sit by. I'm not going to idly sit by as someone makes an excuse for violence yeah. ever. I don't care who they are or what they say after that. I don't care if it's Ron Paul or somebody who wrote you know 50 I things just, that everybody. Should know. I just got get so frustrated with these declarations that are unsubstantiated. It's like nothing but the declaration itself. It's government's a necessary evil. Says who? Majority rules. You know, they just they de- declare these things. Yeah, that's the system we live in, Dale. They declare these things over and over enough, pounded into your head long enough that you just accept it as a given. And now I am in a position as a rational person of having to explain why that doesn't make sense. Why aren't you in the position of having to explain to me how it makes sense? Because that's just how it is, Dale. That's how it is. I'm a, That's the system, Dale. You're just gonna, get with it. You're going to be program. governed one way or the other. When you say that you need no government in order to uh, have uh, order and peace, you you uh, say things to people that, for one, aren't true, and secondly, uh, you know they, they they therefore find abhorrent. Wait, that is true. No, it is not. If you want peace, you not. cannot have you the state. You are defining government differently than they are. Government is simply a set of rules that uh, by which people go by. You're going to have rules, and you know it. That's and fine. You agree with it. There's, so, there's natural law. It's this there's authoritarian form of government. Then let's come yeah. to an well, agreement. That's true. You're right. I mean, you're talking about a, this. I, well, that's why I keep saying an authoritarian monopoly. That's what's flawed and what makes no rational sense whatsoever. The, right. And and so what? And also, what doesn't make any rational sense to people is when you say you don't need government. Because they say, oh, yes, you do. People will act outside of, uh, you know, they'll do bad things to each other. You absolutely do need government. Now, maybe there's a different model of government. Maybe that government doesn't need to be held in geographical borders or, um, you know, all a whole bunch of other different ifs. But when you make statements like there doesn't need to be any government, of course people dismiss you as lunatics. I think that's that's understandable. It sort of get, breaks down into an argument of semantics. But, I don't think but it, does. Yeah. it does break down into an it, argument it of semantics. To, but because government people, is an agency that coerces up and to controls. This point, that's true. But the fact that's is, a dictionary definition, my friend. Look, that's what we're going by look, here. Look, we have we have a governing document that runs this radio show. We have a contract. That's a you know the, it is a con. It is not a government. And to me, that is absolutely that. To me, that that's 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 rational to me because you have a contract and it only binds the people who have agreed to that contract. Contract. So there, th- that makes sense. I mean, you're saying, look, we're agreeing to this so that we can have civilized behavior amongst ourselves. That's the whole idea of it, and that makes sense. Everyone is bought into it. Everyone agrees to it. it it's it's not manufactured out of thin air. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. Toll free at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. More free talk live in moments. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is that you need to buy in life, uh, 
Even if you need to save a few extra bucks, go used. They sell used products at Amazon. Amazon.freetalklive.com likely sells what you're looking for, and when you enter through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. That, again, is Amazon.freetalklive.com. Six nights a week, we talk about some pretty serious topics here on Free Talk Live. Police brutality, the war on drugs, the economic crisis. We've got something to cheer you up. Comic books. Witness the uplifting adventures of Minuteman, Liberty Lad, and El Diablo, and more from the pages of Freedom Force Comics. And now for this is a this is a moving special. The author is uh, coming to the Free State for the Free State Project and uh, wants to get the last of them, uh, last of the boxes out of his garage or wherever he's storing them. I don't know. <laughs> but for fifteen dollars, you get two sets of Freedom Force Comics. That's uh, five issues. Uh, well, I guess it's ten total issues, and that includes shipping. All you have to do is go to comics.thundergodexpress.com. That's comics.thundergodexpress.com. And uh, Dale, I believe he donated quite a few of these to the uh, inmates over at uh, the, the Cheshire County Correction Facility, too, did uh, he not? Sort of, yeah. I get a, a substantial discount, let's put it that uh, way. Yeah. And um, so, And we may not. I think they're banned from the prison, so we may end up finding another use for them. But ah. they'll get they'll be put to use. That's a good thing. They might yeah, go the to children. I- the, uh, the latest idea was to hand them out at the high school, right? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, it is a good idea. So it's comics.thundergodexpress.com and uh, enjoy the adventure. That is a good deal on Freedom comics. Force. It comics is. are expensive these days. That's actually um that's like far less than half price or something. And like it that. helps uh, move somebody to the free state. You know, he's gonna that way he gets rid of his stuff, and uh, if there's any kind of profit left in that. Uh, tiny, tiny little price, then he'll probably use that for gas money. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Let's go to your phone calls, and we'll continue some of the 50 things that everybody should know in a bit. But first, let's talk to Jeremy in Rhode Island. You're on Free Talk Live. Jeremy. Hi. Um, okay. I know I, I myself i am at the point where I would like to see no government, but I can kind of see where Mark comes from on, you know, wanting a limited government. Um, I mean... Hypothetically, say roads are privatized. Um, I own a house, and for whatever reason, someone buys that road mm-hmm. from whoever owns it, and that's, they can, it's their property. They can that's sell the it. Problem you have and right now. Wants to just develop it. Do you don't realize and, that's a problem you have right now? What do you that mean? Gov- that someone owns the road, and it's an evil government, and they have a tremendous well, power over your life because they own the area surrounding your house. It's the whole being. I'm trying to remember what that that particular uh, paradox is called, or that phenomenon where you own all the property around someone. This is a private property argument, like why people shouldn't be allowed to have private property, or why it should be limited in some form. And there's the idea that someone could buy all the property around you and effectively enslave you or or imprison you inside their their area of land. And that that and that's an understandable concern. I think that's you know when you're when you're discussing what is a valid claim on property, that's a valid concern to raise. But what people don't understand is that is exactly the problem we have right now when an authoritarian monopoly owns the land around your house, and mm-hmm. that's what puts us in a position that lets the government walk all over us right now. So what you're presenting is a valid problem, but the problem is it's not solved by having an authoritarian monopoly. Do you, do you, does it, do you, it's kind of like saying this is sort of the argument based on need that we need this authoritarian government because and then you present a problem. Well, the problem is you haven't presented that the authoritarian government is is real or valid or that it's going to be benign. 
You haven't presented that it is the only solution for the problem. And uh, most importantly, when you present, like you can prevent, present an argument based on need, it doesn't prove, prove the existence of something. I could say that we need heaven because without heaven we'll die and we won't live forever. That doesn't prove that heaven exists. I mean, I can, the need is powerful to say that we, we're going to die. If I say a certain person is going to die if we do not save them in some manner, then that's a very powerful argument. I have proved the, the basis of need. What I haven't proven is that I can save that person. I might say, well, we have to do this voodoo spell on that person or they're going to die of this horrible disease. Okay, you've proved the need. They're, they're dying. You haven't proved to me that voodoo is going to save them. And that's the problem I have when people present these, these horrific scenarios of what's going to happen without an authoritarian government. And almost every single scenario they present is happening right now. Government hasn't solved that problem. And uh, any rational person should look at that. Or, sorry, an authoritarian monopoly, Mark. Well, it is authoritarian monopoly hasn't solved the problem. And so why, why should we why should we why are we to think that that's going to that that's going to solve the problem? Or that's the only thing. It's an interesting point because it's the government's roads that allow the government armed uh, jackbooted thugs to come to the, my front door and kick it in and raid my house. I mean, it's the their access to the road that's in front of my house, their yeah, ownership, they, supposedly, of that road that allows them full access to any one of us and they claim, at any time. And they claim dominion over this geographic boundary, which is the United States or the, the state of New Hampshire or the city of Keene. They claim dominion over it. They claim the right to tax your property because your property is bounded by the boundaries of Keene. All that, what you're talking about is happening right now because we have an authoritarian government. You know, if anything, there's, a, there's going to be a check in the marketplace, the private market, in the private road situation that doesn't exist with the government situation. And, of course, Mark can always go to the flying cars example as well. It won't matter right. anyway. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> just let's, <clears throat> let's presume uh, flying cars <clears throat> won't be happening. There's a check in that the private road owner... And we're going with this, uh, you know, ludicrous scenario that someone buys the roads around my house and traps me there. Well, okay, that someone is a someone you can point to, right? It's Mark's Road Company that's come in and bought all of the roads around Jeremy's house. And we know Mark's Road Company. We know where Mark lives. We know what his, you know, where his company's based out of. We know what's going on here. Uh, Mark can be ostracized for doing something like that because Mark doesn't have, as just a road business owner, he doesn't have the aura of legitimacy that the government does. So when right. the government owns all the roads, they also have that uh, that veil of legitimacy to go along with it. That way, any violence that they enact upon you, everybody just shrugs their shoulders and says, well, that's the system. But when Mark is uh, is surrounding your house with his roads and not allowing you to leave unless you pay extreme uh, exorbitant tolls uh, every single day, then there yeah. are going to be a lot of people that are pretty upset at him for behaving in such an unneighborly yeah, fashion. You, at that point, you have a dispute that calls for arbitration, and that, that and that's much more likely in a free market to be a reason to come to some sort of reasonable terms on that they might say no mark you can't do that you have to grant this person an easement you cannot enslave someone with your property you and know might but, but you don't expect that from the government like what if i tell the if i go to the, what if i go and try to sue the government right now because they have encompassed my property and they're trying to steal from me by saying that my house is within the boundaries of marlboro and therefore i must pay them a protection fee or they'll take my house from me right that's that would be absurd. I can't possibly. There's no way I'm going to be able to go and and fight their their claim on 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 their attempt to enslave me by encompassing my property with their property in their courts too. Right in their courts, exactly. Go ahead, Jeremy, with your thoughts. Um, I guess that answers it. I mean, <laughs> sorry, I was, I, I was looking at it as far as you know, rights of way. I mean, how how would that work if 
You could also you know, write those yeah. into a contract. I mean, as when the roads are ceded to the pro- their rightful owners, for instance, I should rightfully own the chunk of road that is uh, immediately adjacent to my home. When the roads are ceded to their rightful owners, there there could very easily be a you know some sort of contract provision uh, when you sell it. If if you sell that road a chunk out in front of your home to some road maintenance company. That uh, you always perpetually, the, the whoever owns or uh, lives at the property at XYZ Street uh, has uh, full access to the, the road that is on, that they're purchasing. So there could be some sort of con- contractual agreement as well. De- deeds do often uh, have what they call right-of-ways in them. So, for instance, if you lived in, live in a landlocked uh, uh, deed, and I'm, I've, I actually have some experience that's going on right now with one of these, is there's a piece of property that has no road frontage at all. But it has a right of way, and the you know the law in the state of New Hampshire is, and I'm sure it's similar to this all over, that everybody has to be able to get to their property. Um, I think that that's considered a natural right, and so therefore, even if there's not a road, um, you're still allowed to get on foot to your own property, and somebody can't keep you away from it. And plus, what kind of resources would it take? I mean, as far as if somebody wanted to boundary your properties with their uh, with, with their roads and tr- some, somehow try to keep you from leaving, they'd have to hire uh, guards basically all hours of the night and day to ensure that you don't leave the property. So yeah. it's, it's it's just economically not even a, a feasible situation. The government doesn't even have those kind of uh, economic factors. I mean, they only have so many cops, one cop for every thousand people or something like that. Uh, so there's only so much control that they can actually exert at any given given time, which is, again, why uh, we have a civil society is not because government exists, but because people, it's in their best interest to be civil to one another. Um, so it just economically, it, it just wouldn't work out. Thanks for the call tonight. Good question, though. A lot of people wonder about that, so I'm glad it comes up from time to time. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Continue with some of the things that everybody should know in hour number three. And you can also bring up anything. That's the point of the show. It's why we call it Free, uh, call it free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we are launching here into the third hour of the program. And it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those on us and freetalklive.com. Also, join Dale over on his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Great internet-based cartooning. You can see it uh, for yourself. Uh, you get two cartoons per week. Wednesdays and Fridays are the release dates. Plus, you get some good editorializing from time to time as well, all over at anarchyinyourhead.com. And some people, they just they love looking gift horses in the mouth, don't they, Dale? You got some, <laughs> uh, some critique here recently that was completely yeah. uncalled for. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I guess we're going to talk about that, huh? Might as well. Why not? I found <laughs> yeah, it pretty I outrageous. An, I got an email from someone saying I was disrespecting them because I, I, when I send out my RSS feed, if you sign up for my RSS feed up to now, I've, I, send a comp- uh, like I shrink the comic a little bit, so it's really not very readable and everything. It's like a little preview of what the comic is, mm-hmm. and you have to click on it, go to my site, and read it there for free. You know, I, right. everything there is free. 
and uh, unless you buy a T-shirt or something. And so uh, he said I was disrespecting him because if I don't have enough respect to present it in a format that he can read, then, you know, I don't know. So uh, it's I, you know <laughs> so what, because he gonna, had to click an extra time? Yeah, you he has to click him? and go to my site to read it. He can't just read it straight out of my RSS feed without having to ever look at any of my advertising or any of anything. Right. Or the little, you know, any of the other links well, on my website that have, you know, to the store or I to don't know how else. other comics work, but uh, Free Talk it, Live is delivered to them via an RSS feed, so they don't have to click beyond that. So perhaps he's like comparing it. Well, it, to it varies, like it. honestly. Like like Dilbert uh, is a, an example of a very popular comic that sends the whole comic out on their RSS feed, uh, and I think that might be a recent thing. They've been a little more stingy in the past, and I think they recently loosened up. Then I don't there's something there's like PVP. Wrong. PVP online just sends you a link. You have to go to the website to to see it. On their RSS feed, they don't even send a preview image like why, I do. Why it wouldn't varies, somebody you know? want the? Why wouldn't somebody want uh, you know somebody to come to their website, you know, get, so they get the page view and they get the possible uh, ever ad, you know, advertising revenue from that person having to view the comic at their it, site? It's kind of all I ask. I, I it's really, not, I'm it's not, not pushy, asking anything. I'm not. I don't have a donate button on my website. I do. Ha- it is possible to donate to me. For instance, I don't make a, a an obnoxious donate button right on the front page or anything. I don't see that as obnoxious. And, I see a donate button as fine. Uh, well, I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to say this obnoxious. I'm just saying that I'm not like pushy about getting people to donate. I, think you should have I don't try to guilt trip the... people into donating money for the site. I put a lot of work into it. But uh, you know, I just kind of would like it if they'd come to the site and increase Absolutely. my traffic. Absolutely. And I think I you think, know, I think anybody that's reasonable uh, would see that as something that they should be doing. That they should be visiting the site of the creator. So, and you're the creator of anarchyinyourhead.com. Yeah. Visit the website so you can at least vote. see what the banners There's are. There's a vote button on my website that you'll never see on the RSS feed. I it's mean, really easy to vote for the comic and that helps promote the comic. Most of the it doesn't people, cost anything. Uh, there's there's the opportunity that you might, you know, if you raise my traffic, that raises that 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 that's really almost directly proportional to my advertising revenue. Sure if I is. have more traffic because advertisers are right. willing to pay more if there's a lot of eyes on my comic and anything. Most on the, people aren't you know, going but, to click on your advertisers, but you're right. The more people see the ads, the more likely someone is going to click on one of them. So there's a real good reason to send people to a website. I do the same thing with the Free Talk Live update emails. Whenever there's something new on our website, whether it's a video of uh, a Mark uh, recently at the uh, end of Fed rally in Boston or our brand new Shriner. I never attach any of that stuff to the email. It's always come to freetalklive.com and see it. Here's what's new at freetalklive.com. Click one button. Come, yeah, click here <laughs> and you can see it. Uh, and when you click there, hopefully you'll notice what some of our advertisers are and maybe you'll go and visit one of them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it and that's all. No one's ever complained to me for it, but I understand why they complain. Yeah. They have the spoiled internet brat mentality. And I understand why they get this way. It's because there have been so few advertisements on the Internet sort of just historically as far as uh, just inside right. podcasts. People and, weren't willing to pay for the ads early on. So yeah. so what uh, entrepreneurs like Ian and myself have done is we created a product. That way um, people would consume the product. We would then have the, the ears that the advertisers would wish to purchase and so therefore, we sold the the ears. I mean, what's what's the big deal? Well, this is how we make a living. <laughs> yeah, but it, but yeah. it is a big deal to the to people who have been used to having to experience virtually nothing in the way of advertising. I think it's. To, to, to get the product that they're looking Here's for. Here's what, I, what, what <laughs> baffles me on it is that um, these are libertarians we're talking about or, or people that understand uh, Likely, yeah. the market. If he so, likes my comments. I mean, then. 
read <laughs> read the room the moon is a harsh mistress tan snaffle man there's no such thing as a free lunch um the <laughs> anarchy in your head comic does not come free someone makes it someone's labor goes into it and that's worth something what it's and and look lucky you you don't have to pay for it you just somebody click. else right somebody else is going to pay for you being willing to look at it I think he and you know he did toss in a carrot with the bone, with the stick, and that he said, you know, if if it were more convenient for me, I'd be more likely to dig it or re- reddit it, you know, in some way promote the comic and and uh, and I'm like, well, point? I I suppose except that like I really get like no traffic from those sites as it is, and I'm trying to picture like this, you know, this it, it, there really, there is just this attitude of like. I think it's – I'm probably – the funny thing is I'm probably going to take his suggestion and go ahead and make the RSS feed. Just send the whole comic in the RSS feed. I disagree with that completely. One guy emailed you? No, you well, change your business some, model? I had some other people suggest it as well. But I think why? That, What's the benefit to you? PR, publicity for the comic. I mean, I think it's just it, – you know, even though I might miss out on some traffic right now – I think if 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 the you know if just more people reading the comic regularly because it's really convenient, maybe they're more likely to share it or get tell more people would, about it or if whatever. If you'd be willing to put a line at the bottom that says that uh, Anarchy in Your Head is uh, brought to you, you know, uh, you know, as a uh, service of of Anarchy in Your Head Incorporated, and if you'd like to, uh, you know, donate to, uh, you know, so that more people get to see Anarchy in Your Head and the messages. That, like, if you'd be willing to put a donation line on there, I'd be for it. But the idea that you're going to minimize what it is that you're um, you know getting paid on and for really no return I don't think there's anything in that clicking I just don't think there is I, I think everybody is like, oh new comic cool click that's what I do when it comes up on freekeen.com you syndicate your comics there and it's always a slightly just small enough to where you can see the entire frame of the comic yeah. but you can't actually read the text I don't know what they're yeah. saying and, yeah. uh, like, and oh, actually cool. that new comic click no that's problem. actually that's actually I have to do that because of the format of the free keen page the full small. comic will not fit on there yeah. it throws the whole layout of the page off which I'm sure you wouldn't appreciate yeah. and uh, so I have to do it there and uh, but it doesn't bother me you know, at all I mean it doesn't yeah. it'd be sure it'd be great if I didn't have to but <laughs> I have no problem Problem as a uh, a fan of the comic, clicking and viewing. I certainly don't see it as an insult. Uh, what was the term he used? It, it he said it he said was, was uh, it was if they if they don't respect disrespectful me enough to prevent present the the content in a format that's convenient or readable. There like, is a format content and readable, readable version at anarchyinyourhead.com. Yeah. Just baffled. <laughs> baffling. Right. I just I don't would understand. Not make the, a change. I don't understand the. I uh, think it would just. Bother, I mean, okay. It, I think there's pros and cons to either way. Like, there, yeah, I, I don't get the traffic if I don't if they don't have to click it and read it on my site. There's a, you know, there's also just the potential for just more eyes to see the comic if I it's just presented don't think there really is. conveniently. If they there open the email, they're willing to click on the the thing because you've told them what it is. They already know whether, you know, they already know what they got from looking at their email or what is that how it comes to Well, it's an RSS feed, it's RSS. like a special I website. I understand that, how that, that works. It's like it's like taking pieces of different websites and putting them all on one page in a nice convenient format. So it's like a little piece of anarchy in your head goes to this one page for them and it's all lined up you know they can click anarchy in your head and like all the all the entries from anarchy in your head are in a nice list for them just to go right down with no ads next to them there may no be nothing. something to be said for that i mean if if there are other sites that are taking your content and, and syndicating it there that they'd be more likely to take it if it was a full frame comic i think there i think there's yeah. some to be said for that but if this is the one complaint you've gotten about well, i've also it, heard that that i need to talk some about this but apparently technically you can include 
advertisements and things in an RSS feed. I, I could look into that as well. I don't know. I so, just, or at I, least a vote, maybe just a vote button. I hesitate making changes based on one complainer. That's all. I, yeah. I would be very hesitant toward that. If, if you can see a real reason for it, like if people, if somebody's telling you, hey, I want to syndicate your feed to my big website, like a site that's bigger than yours, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do it because you're not giving me the full frame of the comic, then it would be worthwhile, right? Because okay. if you could get the exposure that you knew for a fact you were getting. I, I did get a couple of the people kind of back him up and say, yeah, I think it'd be a good idea, but you're right. He wasn't very tactful about it. You know. When I 800-259-9231 is the number. Anarchyinyourhead.com is Dale's website. Go see it for yourself. Uh, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. 1-800-259-9231 is the CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Features including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're yours going back for an entire year right there on the front page of the site at freetalklive.com. Venardine is a New England event promoter and organizer. They'd like to poll members of the Free State Project and other FTL listeners, and here's some ideas for some events that they've got. Which one sounds best to you? Live, live music in Keene, New Hampshire? Food? Guitar lessons? Technology demos? Number two, a takeover of a private auto racing track in northern New England, including all complete with uh, laser lights, uh, dance club kegs, and bring your sports car for the tournament. Uh, three, the House of Prostitution via Rhode Island. By the way, prostitution legal in Rhode Island, Ian. Really? That's that's what I was told. Uh, apparently, this would not just be going to find hookers. This would be some kind of, uh, you know, uh, high-level event that uh, you could even bring a girlfriend to. Number four, rooster pit, whatever that is, at uh, the New Hampshire State House. Uh, Ron Paul Republicans, food and outdoors, and, and number five, whichever is the cheapest. So go to venardine.net and place your vote. It's venardine.net. V-E-N-O-R-D-E-N-E.net. Interesting. In Rhode Island, the act of prostitution, that is performing a sexual activity in exchange for money, is legal because there's no law to define it and make it illegal. However, operating a brothel, pimping, and street prostitution are illegal. Very interesting. Wait, so uh, in call and out call prostitution, completely legal in Rhode Island. Oh, so you just can't have a place of operations like a brothel, but you could do house calls. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Huh. Pretty cool. All right, let's continue with your phone calls. Johnson is in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Johnson. Johnson in Connecticut. Hello. Hey, if only they could offer prostitution through RSS feeds. That'd be nice. Uh, actually, I, I wanted to call in about that, um, about the webcomic, being that I am somebody who reads a lot of webcomics. Um, and as to my knowledge, you and Mark are not avid webcomic readers. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dale... Yeah, I would suggest going with the RSS uh, thing because you're gonna if you want to make money as a webcomic person. And I, and I read a lot of webcomics. I've kind of looked at their models because I've thought about getting into it as somebody who has an art degree. Um, you would make more money by getting more traffic. Obviously, you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot, much larger proportion of traffic uh, because you're going to get people who will look at your comic, and then you can make money off of things like T-shirts and notepads and other merchandise type items um the reason why you want to go with rss is because there are hundreds and hundreds of people like me who will absolutely not read your comic other than maybe once or twice uh because it's just too inconvenient to go to someone's website to read a comic 
Yeah. It just, you know, I've been, I've read Anarchy in Your Head a couple times. Do I follow it? No, it's too inconvenient. I'm not going to go to your website to, to read your comic, and, and I like it. Um, but, you know, just chiming in. Here's one person right off the bat that definitely You're not the only one. I, I was trying to explain to Ian and Mark on the break that... Uh, that Pretty I'm unsuccessfully, not, I must I, I, <laughs> I probably am going to implement, uh, I am probably going to change my RSS feed to include the, the full comic. And, and maybe a little more. I don't want to be, I don't want it to be obnoxious, but I might have like the vote button. You know, that would be very helpful, actually, if there's a convenient vote button and someone could click it and that would help me in the rankings against other web comics. There's a website that ranks web comics and that's great promotion for my site if people will click that vote button. The problem with my vote, with the comic voting is it's every day. Uh, you know, Free Talk Live has a vote once a month, and I religiously go and vote for them every month uh, right. on the, the podcast com- competitions. And it's only once a month you have to do it. And so really dedicated fans can do that once a month, and they don't mind getting an email once a month saying, go vote. Well, I'm not going to email people every day <laughs> and yeah, tell them to right. go vote for my comic. So what I think I might do is, like, include a vote button with the RSS feed or something if I can. And, uh, you know, I'll have to tweak it. I haven't done a lot with RSS feeds to see how to tweak that to do that, but... If I do things like that, I think I can justify it, and it'll it'll be fine. But the, the, well, what I was trying to tell Mark and Ian is they're not the only ones that – this guy was not the only one to say that. I, I had some other people who are appreciative fans of the comic saying that they thought that would be a good idea as well. So. I guess that's – Well, I'll tell you what I'll do for you personally because I'll definitely be a subscriber, but not only will that, but I'll uh... – I'll make sure that your RSS feed gets posted to our Facebook page as well. So, oh, th- uh, thank you. You know, we'll get get some tra- you know get it started, but yeah, absolutely. I think you'll get a lot more traffic that way, and that can turn. You know, if you do something interesting along the lines of maybe in between a comic feed, post something else that drives traffic to your website. You know, you post your comics for the week, and then maybe uh, every other Saturday you post something that you know, like a contest or something that gets people to go to the website. And there you go. You've got well, you, you know what else I'd like to do, and this is something I've been putting off for a long time. I, I upgraded the software in the comic, and it's been very beneficial. It made the archive really nice and automatic and all kinds of stuff. There's some great software, but the problem is it broke my Easter eggs, which were a really popular feature of the site. And if I can get the Easter eggs to work in the RSS feed, and I think I probably can, then finding that Easter egg and clicking on it would take you to a page on my site. So... That would be like an, but that would be more like an extra feature. It wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be a deterrent necessarily. Yeah, I'm glad you called tonight, uh, Johnson, with the perspective because Mark and I, I think, we're coming from it, uh, coming at this from a perspective of someone who's a fan of Dale, uh, Dale's work, and who's willing, who's, we've got no problem clicking on a link to experience the comic. What you're saying is, if you don't do this uh, fully, a uh, full frame RSS feed comic version, then all of the casual comic viewers out there. You're going to be losing a lot of those. That's what you're getting at, right? Well, here's the other ludicrous thing: is you guys were coming from an argument where you, uh, you know, for a very long time had a completely ad-free free podcast that you were distributing via RSS. So what are you doing? Well, you're telling him to not follow your own business model. But the reason we were distributing an ad-free um, RSS uh, feed was because um, completely free RSS feed was because we didn't have ads for it. I mean, people weren't paying us money. We were building the product so that we could sell ads for it. Well, now, that's not entirely true. Not initially. 
What? Not according to Ian. <laughs> well, I guess I'm not understanding what you're There was the at. incident, um, I believe it happened one night, where I convinced Ian to leave all the ads in, um, like the 15 ads per hour from the radio show in the feed, and the, and the podcast listeners blew up. But I don't think there would have been an issue at any point at all putting a 30-second ad in the breaks, um, you know, in, in each one of those breaks. We just Right, at the very end. But initially, I mean, when we initially started the podcast, we were... Uh, and, and Ian, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but we were offering the um, we were offering the ad the podcast entirely ad free because that's what a lot of other podcasts were doing at the time, and we also wanted to you know to continue to be more competitive and to get more people to listen by being completely ad free. I don't ever. even think I considered putting ads in the podcast at that point. They had in time. ads in them. They had ads for the AMP program. Okay, but those yeah. are more okay. promotionals than uh, they're ads. They're not paid ads. They're placed, they're not commercial they're placed there and they're placeholders for the ads that we now now sell. I don't even know if there wasn't there wasn't even an ant program when we started the podcast. Okay. So no, there well, would have been I'll nothing. Consider, I'll consider my argument there about about what you said to Dale, you know, and, and being a completely different business model. I'll consider that argument. Um, I'll consider you having trounced me on that, Mark. No, I don't think but, I trounced you, but I think that there's uh, there's something to be said on the other side of it. No, I, think I, was, I appreciate where Johnson's coming from. He's basically saying that if you want more casual viewers, yeah, who oh, could I, I, turn I, he's into right fans. about that part. I, I, obviously, I, I'm wrong. There. Who could turn into fans? You know, they're, if they're yeah. seeing your full frame, as long as you've got the yeah. logo down in the corner, they're going to know where to go uh, to, you know, to, to get more of the comic that they might decide they like. Uh, thanks, Johnson, for the call tonight. Appreciate the perspective. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line is 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. We've got a bulletin board system with over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. The principal over there at SACL CAI is Jason Osborne. He's a huge advocate for liberty, and uh, I would recommend turning over your accounts receivable to him. Just go to the banner at uh, freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side, SACL CAI. All right, let's continue taking your phone calls, and we'll start things out with... Dan in Pennsylvania on the amp line. Hello, Dan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Uh, a couple of nights ago, Mark, you said something about you guys were having a talk about Quakerism, and somebody asked if you believed in the devil. And you said if if there was a devil, you believe it probably would be the state. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, something like that. Well, I actually uh, kind of agree. Um, as I've said many times, I'm a Christian, but for those who didn't know, I am. And I, I don't really believe that the government is the devil, but I do believe it is the Antichrist. What do you mean and by that? I actually, well, most people, you know, the, you know how the number six 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 is six is supposed to re- represent the Antichrist. Okay. Well, in biblical numerology, the number six represents uh, man, 
Um, and the number three represents divine power. And in numerology, three sixes represents man trying to take the seat of God. Now, what organization do you know of that could possibly fit that description? <laughs> you know, I think if you think of Christ as the manifestation of God on earth, I'm not a Christian myself, but I understand the 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 idea of it, the story at least. And if if Christ is the manifestation of God on earth, I could certainly see government as the manifestation of the devil on earth, being that government is at its core violence and threats. So it, I can also see it just in that symbolism. Yeah, and not only that, but Jesus really was a radical anti-statist, uh, not, not insofar as he explicitly opposed the state, but he sure did break an awful lot of laws to the point where they killed him for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, and anyone who thinks that, that Jesus and the government aren't in mutual opposition hasn't read their Bible very carefully, and we've had this conversation before, how so many Christians just completely misinterpret certain parts of the Bible you know, believing that the state is good and they will absolutely undermine, you know, the message of Jesus in order to uh, justify the state. Well, yeah, as long as the uh, head of the state proclaims a belief in uh, their version of uh, religion, then mm -hmm. everything that head of the state does in the name of uh, their supposed God is uh, they're given a pass. Uh, so even though the, their own book says thou shalt not kill, uh, apparently they, that doesn't uh, include when you're having a war. I mean, it's just yeah. crazy. Or capital punishment, possibly. Yeah. Depending on, and, uh, of course, one of the major verses that they use is, you know, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And I thought you guys might be interested to know this. At the time, Caesar was undermining the currency, just as our government is doing it today. There were a lot of different coins, and there were private coins and foreign coins that were good specie, gold and silver. And the, the coins that Caesar was minting were uh, debased like to about 4% of their value. So when Jesus said, you know, held up the coin with the portrait of Caesar on it and said, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, he's saying, well, sure, let him have this crap. I have, I had heard something about that particular quote before, and I don't remember if it, if it was what you were just saying, but I remember hearing that it was, you know, a pretty good case for how it has been misinterpreted. So, and that's what I was thinking of when you said that a lot of people misinterpret Jesus as, they don't understand that he was anti-statist, and uh, yeah. that that particular quote was in my head when you said that, and I was trying to remember what I had the way I'd heard about that uh, that story yeah. actually. Right, and even if you were trying to uh, translate that, just the misunderstood statement of give under, uh, give, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, if you were to try to translate that today, render unto the government what is the government's, well, the government does not own my labor. My labor is yeah. mine, and what I get from my labor is mine, so I don't have to render anything to these people. Who the hell are they? If yeah, I have exactly. something of theirs, then it would make sense to render it to them. So if I'd, like, taken one of their vehicles, which, of course, they stole in the first place. They stole the money to take it, so is it even theirs? I, I guess if I had something that the, the government could have legitimately owned, then it would make sense to give it back to them. And I'm, I would love to start using – give them their currency, this paper crap, yeah. and use real currency. That would, that would love to render unto them this mm, yeah. crappy currency. You could do it, you. but it would be difficult. That's Very a good. good line of reasoning, yeah. Any other thoughts and, uh, for us tonight? Yeah, um, I just wanted to tell Dale, I didn't get quite what the uh, whole conversation was about, but I just have all of my webcomics bookmarked, and I just pull it up. Like I, I lo start loading all my bookmarks, then I go and eat my breakfast, and by the time I come back, they're all loaded mm. for webcomics. So. And is mine on there? <laughs> yep. It's awesome. Bottom, but only because I haven't sorted it yet. I have a question for you. As a, if you're a fan of the comic, you read it pretty regularly. 
Do you vote? I read, I read through the archive once, and I've checked back, I think, maybe a dozen times. But, yeah, I have, okay. I have voted. Uh, all right. I was just curious. I'm trying to get a feel for... I'm really trying to push people to vote for the comic. I, unfortunately, it's a little tedious because you have to do it every day for it to really add up because other, yeah. other comics are getting voted for every day, and I have to compete with that. But if you start putting so, that vote link in with your yeah. comic, then that would be the easiest and way And there's to also vote.anarchyinyourhead.com. Great idea. <laughs> hey, thanks, That's a uh, shortcut. <laughs> thanks uh, for the call tonight, Dan. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Let's continue with John in Kansas. John, you're on Free Talk Live on the Ampline. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, in the past, I remember your little problem with neighbors, and I wanted to give everyone a suggestion on how to handle your neighbors. I know your neighbor didn't exactly do things uh, ideally with you. You're talking about the neighbor that uh, ratted on my tenants or on me for having my tenants, allowing them to keep a, a couch in their yard? Is that what you're... Yes. Okay. Well, a friend of mine is actually having problems with his neighbor. Uh, he lives in an apartment, and the neighbors above him tend to play loud music until 3 a.m., nice. and they also smoke marijuana to the point where his kitchen smells like marijuana. Really? The marijuana scent goes uh, travels downward? That's interesting. I didn't, didn't know that would work that way. Okay. To the point where his parents have actually questioned him whether he <laughs> was the one doing it. Maybe so he, he is. went and had a talk with them. They cleaned up their act for a little bit, but then it didn't work. They went right back to doing it, and it even became worse. They had this party mm. out in the yard where they left a bunch of used condoms sitting out there. Oh, that's, that's a hell of a party. Great. Well, so what would you suggest? Uh, well, in his case, what he did was he gr- took it, pictures of it, and then he even went and talked to them about it. And uh, he, since he had his a voice recorder with him when he talked to them. He uh, just turned that in uh, about the marijuana in their clause. They have a no drug policy whatsoever in their lease. Mm-hmm. And so basically the manager ended up having to get rid of them because they were violating the lease. So he uh, recorded them without their knowledge and consent? Right. I would suggest that if you're going to do something like that, you uh, find out what the uh, the government's rules are in your area because uh, not that I'm normally somebody who cares too much about following the rules, but if you're getting into a conflict with somebody like that, there's a very good chance they'll try to use those rules against you. And if you're recording someone without their knowledge, uh, it's sometimes legal and sometimes not. depends on the state uh, in which you live, and in many places it's absolutely not. Uh, but if you, if it is legal and you, you manage to corner them like that, then, uh, then great. And, you know, maybe you could use it as leverage uh, to get them to clean up their act rather than taking it to the apartment manager first but then again as you said you'd already ta- they'd already talked like to the tried guy. that yeah you tried the nice nice route and they didn't want to be nice about it of course uh, one of the other suggestions i would make is to get the hell out of an apartment complex and <laughs> That's put a little what bit I was of space say too. <laughs> put a little space in between your neighbors i thank you for the call tonight 800-259-9231 but if you live in a city what can you do right earplugs help too i i found them to be great when i sleep absolutely Uh, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call. If you make it now, you can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. Talk 
Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. Enough time for your call here in these remaining moments. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. whole list of things that you can do there to help get the show into more ears around the world. Uh, most of them are totally free or very low cost. Promote.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your phone calls. Jesse is in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jesse. Hi there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I have two warrants out for my arrest. Oh, dear. Why is that? Missing jury duty. Oh, Why? no. Yeah. Um, and I just, uh, I don't, I, I can't decide whether to just go and go to them, you know, or if I should wait for them to find me. Well, uh, do you have anything that they might not, that you might not want them to find uh, in close proximity to you? At my house? In your home? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, do do you like having a door on your hinge, on the the hinges at the front of your home? Uh, Yeah, I do. (laughs) Well, I don't think they're going to bring the SWAT team out uh, the first time around. Odds are good they're probably going to just send a couple of sheriff's deputies to your house, I mean, presuming out in Oregon the sheriffs do this job, uh, this kind of job. I think it's typically the sheriffs around here in New Hampshire. But uh, they'll probably just send a couple cops to your door and knock and see if you'll answer and and talk to them, which, of course, then they'll put you in handcuffs and lead you away. Uh, If you don't answer the door, then, you know, eventually that may lead to them taking more serious action. But I'm speculating here. I, I don't know. I mean, I've never really... There have been people that have been put in jail for not going to jury duty, but I've never really heard the stories about what preceded them going to jail. Like, what actions did the state agents take in order to get your body into their jail cell? Uh, I mean, I can see them doing a police raid down the line, but it doesn't seem like they're going to jump to that first. Guys, I I would say, well, based on my experience, I guess I can't speak for other places again, but here in New Hampshire, I know that people get warrants out for their arrest, and you kind of have to... You almost have to make it convenient for them before they actually come down and arrest you. I, mean, no, I don't think that's true. Depending on how bad it is. Not, well, I don't know if that's you know, true because I've heard them on the uh, – we've got a police scanner we've set up here in town. We're kind of experimenting with it. It's not public yet. Eventually it will be because uh, having, I'm having some trouble with the, the streaming. But I've been listening to a number of the, you know, the, the, the traffic, the audio traffic on the police scanner. And, the, you know, they're out serving papers a lot. So it's the sheriff's yeah. job here to serve paperwork to people and to or and to serve warrants and things like that. So well, there's someone they were looking for someone at my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were looking to serve a warrant. We didn't answer the door. Right. We didn't talk to them through the door or anything. Uh, I at one point walked up to the door. There's a police officer there. He knocked several times. Uh, I realized the door was unlocked, so I, I kind of looked at him briefly. I wasn't being a smart smartass yeah. or anything, but I looked at him, looked him in the eye, locked the door, walked upstairs <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. the restroom. Uh, eventually, he shined a light inside, looking for the person that they were serving a warrant to, and eventually left. Uh, it was someone who doesn't live with us anymore. So I think we, they want to be a turnover easy. of roommates, so it was like an ex-roommate or something. I think in general, you know? you're right that they want it to be easy, but that's not going to mean they aren't going to send people to your house. Oh, they so, sent something to our house, but we just right. didn't answer the door. 
Exactly, and they never escalated past that because they don't have any. Es- they didn't have any evidence that that person was actually there. Because mm-hmm. if they uh, if they wanted to bust in, then they probably have to have a little bit more proof, right? They'd have to go to a judge and say, well, you know, we we believe because of this and that that this person yeah. is actually here. Uh, if they don't have that, it's going to be more difficult. So that's why they just go and fish. They go and knock on a door, and they know that 99% of the people have watched cops, and they've watched the Hollywood movies where that's everyone goes and answers the door when the police are there. That's what <laughs> that's it, what you're supposed to do, right? So that so when they go to people's weird. when they go to people's houses, that's the uh, the behavior that they expect, and that's usually what they get. So they don't have to come in with you know the the battering ram and all of that because most people will just go ahead and answer the door. Uh, Eventually, they could get to that point, and I'd be concerned about that if if I were you. Uh, but yeah, I think they don't were, make it easy for them. Yeah, and we were listening to the police scanner uh, that right after, and someone called in and stuff, and uh, we got them. You know, we were get, we were left with a clear impression that they did not really believe the person was there, so they didn't sound like they were go- they were going to put any more effort into it. But but you're right, it's it's a strange thing when you first do it, and you someone comes to your door, particularly someone, and it seems like in a position of authority. Just a few days earlier. We'd had an animal control person show up, and we just ignored him. And then when the police officer showed up, and we're just ignoring him. Uh, I mean, we weren't really ignoring him. Like we we acknowledged that we knew he was there, and mm-hmm. we were specifically choosing not to answer the door. And it's very odd. We but, don't want uh, your services. Go away. It's it's also very empowering when you realize, wow. I mean, if we actually, it, you know, listen, people, if you start standing up for your rights. They will at some point start showing more restraint. You know, they'll actually. I agree. You know, they'll, they'll hopefully they'll get to the point where they actually have to feel truly like a, a some sort of violent action is truly justified before they'll take it frivolously. Just because most people are just such pushovers, they don't stand up for their rights. You know, how many times has an officer said to someone, you know, if you say I don't consent to a search, well, why? What do you? What do you have to hide then? Like. It shouldn't be a good answer to say, you know what? I just believe in st- that we need to stand up for our rights at every opportunity. That's say a great that answer. to them. Say that to them when they tell you, you know, what do you have to hide? Say, I actually think that it's important for people to stand up for our rights at every opportunity, or, or else we will ha- we're going to lose them. I never heard that answer before, and I like it. I think it's uh, it's concise, and it'll give give the cops something to think about. Oh, rights, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, we <laughs> heard about those ones in police academy. Yeah. So, uh, Jesse, any other thoughts? So if I'm uh, given the chance to just re-sign up for jury duty, uh, let's talk about jury nullification for a moment. Should should I tell the other jurors what I intend to do? I I don't think that FIJA recommends that. Uh, You you know what you should do is go to FIJA's website, Fully Informed Jury Association. FIJA.org is their website, F-I-J-A dot org. They have uh, booklets, informational booklets there, uh, brochures that you can read that will give you the answer to those questions. It's been a while since I've read, uh, given the site a good thorough reading, but it's my recollection that if you mention jury nullification, there is a chance that something awful could happen to you. So it's... Usually oh. best to just try to nullify without actually mentioning what jury nullification is. Okay. But that's just my re- recollection, so please check me on that. And if I'm wrong, uh, call me. You know, call us back and let us know. And yeah. do let us know uh, what happens with your warrants and your case. I, I hope you managed to pull through this okay, because uh, the last time we talked about this, one man spent over 80 days in jail because he didn't go to jury duty. Yeah. So this could be pretty serious. I would relish the opportunity because of FIJA. I would relish the opportunity to go and potentially have the opportunity to save an innocent person from going to jail. And I will be the, 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 what is it? What was that? 12 Angry Men? Yep. Was that's that the name of the movie? Good movie. I will be the guy. 
who <laughs> I just don't think he's guilty. And they, yeah. they'll be angry. We want to go home. It's hot in here. I'm hungry. <laughs> Too bad. I'm not sending someone to jail for a year over a nonviolent, for, over a no, a victimless crime with no crime at all, so that you don't have to sit in a hot uh, jury room a little bit longer, or so that you can go home a little earlier, get back to work. Find him innocent. You know, <laughs> that's always yeah. an option. Uh, exactly. Thanks yeah. for the call tonight. Good luck out there. 800-259-9231. I'd like that to be said that if I was on a jury um, and it was somebody who was convicted of a violent crime um, and I felt that they had done it, I would nail their butt to the wall. <laughs> All right. Let's talk to Eric in Illinois. Eric, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I would like to express my outrage at the fact that they're remaking the movie Fame and it's going to be PG-13. <laughs> they're remaking Fame? Yeah. I thought Fame was a television uh, show. Started as a movie, and then I think they made a TV show afterward. I think. I think. I'm pretty sure they were both. What's that? I might have to. Started as a movie. He said he's pretty sure it started as a movie. That's what Dale said. Okay. Okay. So they're remaking Fame. I mean, Hollywood's run out of ideas, right? I mean, they're remaking all kinds of things. Aren't they remaking uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? They've already remade uh, the Jason uh, Friday the Thirteenth. They're calling them reboots now, where they're uh, they're just basically making the the same. I have some advice for Hollywood. If you need new ideas, go to Neil Gaiman. He's one of the best writers. He's the William Shakespeare of our age. Neil Gaiman is writing original stuff. They need to go to him and get some original stories. He's, you know, so he's a, a regular author. He's not a scriptwriter. He's done both. Oh, okay. Stardust was by Neil Gaiman. I it didn't look that great in the previews. I had no idea it was written by Neil Gaiman. As soon as I found out it was, I rushed to see it, and it was fantastic. I thought it was actually an original fairy tale. So really well done. Uh, so I mean, do you think this movie is going to be successful, Eric? It, it's going to be successful because it's riding on the back of the High School Musical success, and it's kind of in a similar strain. But, I mean, the movie originally was about the grit of being an artist, and they're making it a PG-13. I think that's kind of kind of take away from the story. It's going to be different. Maybe so. Well, I mean... I probably won't go see it. They so. kind of had hot girls dancing, and I suppose they're going to work uh, expound on that a little bit. I mean, don't you think that that's going <laughs> to be good in some way? Yeah, I don't awesome. think it'll have to be the original. Well, why don't you watch the original if you want it to be like the original? He will. Thanks for the call, Eric. <laughs> And I won't watch either one of them. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, if it's playing, I'll watch it for a little while. But We are out of time for tonight. It has been Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. We shall return tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. So um, this is Ian and Mark with you real quick. I want you guys to know about something that's uh, important to Free Talk Live, uh, podcast listeners specifically, because when Free Talk Live has ever needed something, the podcast listeners have always been the ones who have come through. Whether those podcast listeners are amplifiers or not, I couldn't always tell you, but uh, they're the most loyal of our listeners. And so this is an email from Jason Osborne, who is the uh, the, the biggest Sponsor of the show, as you know, SACL CAI. This gentleman, and uh, this actually goes to Gardner Goldsmith also. Because he is also a sponsor of Gardner Show. Correct. In the next couple of weeks, we are effectively selling half of our company. That would be SACL CAI. On the positive side, they this deal will enable us to grow to a degree that we would not be otherwise able. On the negative side, I will now not have as much ability to divert funds for my own purposes. 
I'm attempting to work into the business agreement that we will continue to fund Free Talk Live and the Liberty Conspiracy. If you all could get the word out that I need to bring on a hospital, multi-specialty clinic, bank, utility, or some other uh, such, then that would really be helpful. I won't let you guys down, but I could use a little help here. And, you know, it's I, I guess it's it's sort of common knowledge between SACL and uh, Free Talk Live that this is, you know, they're a sponsor of the show as, you know, they're not quite the an advertiser of the show in the sense that, well, you know, really they do bigger fish than, than we have managed to bring on board up to this point. Certainly we've had some doctor's offices uh, come on board as a result, but... You know, doctors' offices are kind of small um, compared to hospitals. They they handle much larger customers than uh, we you know have managed to bring for them up to this point. So the reason I'm telling you guys this is, if you know a hospital, multi-specialty clinic that would be a doctor's office that does lots of things, um, bank, utility, or some such. Now's really the time to uh, get them, you know, get whomever to call SACL CAI, call them uh, and give the lead, give the contact name, do whatever it is that you can do to get this uh, done because, well, I we don't know. We really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, he's bringing on some new partners and basically saying, hey, I'm diverting several thousand dollars a month um, to keeping these radio shows going and I'm really not getting a heck of a lot of return on it. What do you think about that? Like that might be the one of the first places they think about cutting, mm. you know? So, um now's the time to make this happen if we're going to make it happen at all. And I know the people that I can count on to make it happen are the podcast listeners. So that's why we're doing this little So anybody that you know, whether it's a family member or a friend or maybe you yourself work in one of these places, go and talk to management. Yeah. Or maybe you are the manager. That would be the easiest way. But if you're not, and I don't imagine most of our listeners are in those management positions, talk to the management and let them know about SACL and, and, and find out if they're interested in changing over. Right. And one thing that I did um, in this situation was I talked to the uh, – my wife worked at a doctor's office, but it wasn't very easy to get it turned over. I mean, they were even looking for somebody to do collections, and it wasn't easy. You know, they just – I didn't know really know those people that well. Well, what I did was I talked briefly to the, uh, you know, the office manager about it, and then I got the name of the office manager and the telephone number, and I gave it to SACL CAI so that they could follow up on it, and a professional yeah. could handle it from that point. That's what I was going to suggest, because how are we going to have our listeners go and pitch SACL? They don't know what to say. Right. So, so you it, can't really pitch them, but basically you can smooth the way out so that they know that somebody's calling, get the name, yeah. get, a, get a name and telephone number, you know, contact name, and then, you know, that, that would be a good direction to go. So rather than asking... If they want to switch to SACL, maybe you should just say, hey, I'm, I'd like to have somebody give you a call and talk about this and then get their get their contact info and forward yep. it on to SACL. That that would be good. Okay. Um, you know, I I guess with uh, SACL, you could probably get a hold of uh, Jason at jayosborne at SACLCAI.com. You can send it to me. I'll get it to him. Um, you know, or you can call them their, you know, their banners right at uh, free t- the top of freetalklive.com. Whatever manner you want to get a hold of them, that's fine. But uh, now would be the time to do that. Very good. Thanks.